You are listening to the Foamy Heads Podcast, where we discuss craft beer and anything else that accompanies a glass. It is the Foamy Heads back in the building, back in the studio, as a matter of fact. Mitch and Rich hanging out on the mics today with our special guest joining us in just a few moments. About to pour up some good sudsy libations. Whether this is your first happy hour with us or if you're coming back for another round, welcome. Grab a beer, sit back, and well, that may not work if you're driving. <laughs> Probably don't grab a beer if you're driving. No, hold on to that thought, though. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> grab a beer while you're driving. Um, Follow us on our real time on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Foamy Heads. When you're done, head over to our website, www.thefoamyheads.com to check out all things foamy. While you're there, hit the beer blog to see our thoughts on some of the less available brews that Mitch and Rich have been drinking lately. If you have a dedicated podcast app, you're probably already using it to listen to this one. But if you don't, you can find all of our episodes archived on the website as well. If you don't have... If we don't broadcast to your favorite podcast app, then hit the contact us page and let us know. Mitch, what up? What's up, man? <laughs> it's good to be here. Good yeah. to be talking about beer. Yeah, feels like it's been a week already. Yeah, it. They go by so quick now. I don't know. It, it's just uh, the week as a whole goes by quick, but each day just kind of just drags on and on. I know it's been kind yeah. of a rough one, at least for me this week, but. We're drinking beer tonight, well, uh, so that'll be really exciting. As I mentioned earlier, we have a special guest in the studio today, Michelle from Wiseacre. Hi, in guys. The house. Thank you so much for having me. Super excited. Thanks for coming all the way. Michelle came all the way, what, 45-minute drive, kind of, I guess, to meet us today? About, about 45 minutes. 45 yeah. minutes? <laughs> okay. All good. Uh, Michelle's the regional sales rep for Wiseacre based out of Memphis, mm-hmm. Tennessee. So I am not a stranger to Wiseacre brews. I've been drinking Wiseacre for, gosh, I don't know, probably six or seven years now. Almost ever since you started drinking craft beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I have a there's so there's a special place in my heart with one that we're going to be getting into a little bit later. But uh, we've got some pretty good beers that we're going to be drinking today. And Michelle's going to be taking them, taking us through those for at least a little bit, but just to kind of give us a rundown real quick before Mm -hmm. we put Michelle on the spot and ask us, kind of tell us a little bit about herself, maybe. Uh, We have the Tiny Bomb Pilsner, and then we're gonna be moving on to the Ananda IPA, and then we have a special hazy new IPA called Bo Echo that we're gonna be getting into, and then the (laughs) Gotta Get Up to Get Down Stout. So gonna be a damn good day that's all right evening <laughs> yeah <laughs> michelle we're really excited thanks I'm, for having well, us really today i'm really excited to be here so thank you so much for having me you've been a, a wiseacre rep for how long now um about two years um but my beer journey uh started all the way back in 2011 uh, i started with the flying saucer then kind of working my way through college and uh that's kind of how i got my introduction in the craft beer and you know, I did the baby steps, kind of starting with the ciders and working towards the actual good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Not, nothing against ciders. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been in and out of the beer industry, um, but officially was have been a rep since 2019. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I've been drinking Wiseacre for a while, like I said, and um, we got a chance to meet Michelle through Kat. So one of our previous episodes for those that had a chance to listen to us, Kat's uh, repping for uh, Rheingeist. Mm-hmm. And so we were really excited about that. And then she kind of reached out to us and said, hey, Michelle's a good friend of mine. She would be somebody that that I know you guys would love to talk to. So we reached out to her and was Really glad to get her on the show. Um, Speaking of, real quick, this is the first in-person recording. Yeah, I didn't even (laughs) think about that. So, congratulations. Well, thank you. Last year, the year before has been kind of wild, just COVID and everything it's like all that. Blur, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. It's kind of weird even feeling like we're, you know, somewhat getting back to normal. Somewhat. Somewhat. I don't yeah. know if we're ever going to really be back to normal. Very after true. This. I think we found a new normal. I exactly, think that's kind of exactly. what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Mitch brought up a good point. So, this is awesome. This is our first. Um, obviously Mitch and I, we meet often together if we're just, you know, if we're not doing remote stuff, then we're meeting together in person. But, um, Michelle is the first person to come in and actually into the studio and meet with us in person. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I'm super excited about that, by the way, like, yeah, we've been wanting to do in-person stuff for a while, but we had USB mics limited to one computer and almost one mic with that most of the time. Yeah. So now we have a, a mixer. We look semi-professional. And then once we're ready equipment. to do it, <laughs> yeah. a worldwide pandemic kind of hits and, and shuts everybody down. Yeah. And now there's like 20 of us out there. Mm-hmm. We're more spreading in, the craft beer yes. industry community. The middle Tennessee people really got all their equipment together too. <laughs> so we're not the only ones out there doing that anymore. Um, I want to go grab, so let's grab the first one. I'm going to grab Tiny Bomb. All right. Uh, Pilsner, we're going to open that up and then we're going to jump right in. Sounds good. Yeah, I can't wait for this. I think I've only been to Wiseacre in Memphis one time. Mm-hmm. And the, the I don't know if, uh, if they've changed the artwork inside or not, but it's still just painted walls with murals and different yeah, things. Yeah, so we actually have two facilities now. Oh, wow. Um, something that we're super proud about. But yes, the, uh, the original facility that mm. was opened back up in 2013 is still there off of Broad Avenue. We call it the OG, you know, the home beacon a little bit. But yeah. we did, um, were able, even in a pandemic last year, to open a 40,000 square foot uh, brewing facility. So we went from a very, um, about 50 barrel brew system excuse me, 20 barrel brew system to a 200 barrel. Oh my brew gosh. System. So once that kind of got at capacity, we were like, Ooh, we're growing. So we need, <laughs> yeah. we need some more space. And, um, you know, we've been around for about eight years now and we're in 14 States so, and we're, wow. and we're growing. So we're really, gosh. we're really proud. 20 to 200. That's a <clears throat> giant leap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 20 barrels are, is not small by any means, no. but when you're jumping from 20 to 200, that's something in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, no, it was um, it was amazing that that was still able to happen and just kind of speaks to our owners who, you know, are very cautious and, you know, very caring about the business itself. I yeah. Mean, to, to give you guys a little bit bad story, if you'd like to know a little bit sure. about how Wiseacre got started is it's owned by two brothers, Kellen and David Bartosh. Um, they kind of got their love for craft beer by stealing their parents' rental car when they were teenagers <laughs> nice. and driving yeah. to Sam Adams. Um, and they're just like, man, we really want to open a brewery one day. But they 
you know, they were very strategic about it. You know, mm. uh, Kellen was um, kind of the businessman side of it, went off to work for a distributor. He used to work for Debt here in Nashville, oh, okay. went on to work for Sierra Nevada in, um, in Nevada. And then Kellen uh, went to Chicago, worked for Rock Bottom, and then went over to Germany and did the Domans University and all that kind of stuff. So you'll find with a lot of our beers in the German style, you know, we're pretty superb to that because of his training. And I can get into some more detail about like the water source and stuff later. But that kind of, you know, that kind of, you know, (laughs) they kind of both went off, got all the knowledge they could on both aspects and came together and created Wiseacre. Huh. And they're both from Memphis, so they really wanted to keep it in Memphis. Nice. I don't think I haven't been to Wiseacre. Oh, okay. You said you had been the one time. Yeah, my boss, he did a, for, I guess it was at least six or seven or eight years, he did his own uh, podcast yeah. for, about beer called Big Foamy Big Head. Big Foamy Heads. <laughs> Our inspiration. Yeah. yeah, I like it. So uh, he, he's very familiar. He's from Memphis. So well, Wiseacre. If you, if you guys ever get a chance to so please come back down and see the new facility, let me know. Definitely. I might be able to join you. <laughs> All right. That'd be great. I'd love to. I know. Um, so I want to I want to touch on a little something real quick while we're pouring up these beers. Uh, first off. The fact that I think, well, and and maybe you can answer this question for me a lot, but you know, you've got you've got these breweries that that are not big enough yet to distribute. They're not mm-hmm. able to, you know, if they do, it's kegs in the area or whatever. Mm-hmm. What we're hearing a lot of, especially through a pandemic, the fact that a lot of these guys have able to survive that they've had to, if they <clears throat> haven't been already. I mean, a lot of these other guys, Bearded Irish does it, Southern Grist does it. Um, you can find those guys in a lot of places. So mm-hmm. their distribution footprint is relatively large in just their area and mm-hmm. maybe the surrounding area. So a lot of these breweries credit the fact that not only were they able to just barely stay open, but they were thriving in a worldwide pandemic that we haven't seen in a long, long time is the simple fact that a lot of us guys like Mitch and myself were just at home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we can't go to breweries. We can't do. So a lot of these guys have had to pivot and do to go sales and they've had to get very strategic or we were able to go out and buy their beers at places like grocery stores or mm-hmm. beer stores where they were considered essential mm-hmm. location. So we were still able to get those because of that large distribution footprint. So. Yeah, I mean, we definitely did something very similar. I mean, I think most breweries too, with during the pandemic, there had to be an overall shift in general. So many places were like, you know, if we can't keg and sell to restaurants, let's pivot to can sales. <clears throat> and then, you know, with the in, increased footprint of people coming into liquor stores and stuff like that, you know, if you were able to capitalize on your sales there, that's what really kept a lot of these breweries afloat. And then also uh, being able to do to go from the brewery or delivery was also a really big thing. I know that we did that in mm. Memphis, um, but I know that we converted many of our product into higher cans can production sure. so that we can get it into liquor stores and stuff like that. I didn't think about that because there always were, there's always, okay, we've got our couple of cans or a couple of ones that we distribute, but when a lot of your sales, whether or not it's the bulk, but a lot of the sales come from single or maybe mm-hmm. just brewing these not one-offs but just ones mm-hmm. that you can only find at a brewery if you go there now all of a sudden you have to figure out what am i going to do to make up for those sales yeah. do we start canning all of these and then shipping them out or do we increase production of our kind of regular beer so i'm always interested to hear mm-hmm. the story when somebody goes yeah. yeah the world was shut down this is how we were able to survive yeah and you know luckily um big supply people for us like kroger and mm-hmm. Publix were 
you know, our saving graces with the <clears throat> amount of foot traffic they were getting too, you know, with their increase of buying mm -hmm. cans, you know, it kind of, for us, really leveled out the business. Like we didn't, we still, we weren't thriving, but we were staying afloat for sure. And, you know, now we're definitely getting back up to speed and stuff like that. And, you know, it was all about the pivoting and just, you know, luckily the brilliance of both my owners to be like, okay, this is how we need to form our business right. to be able to meet what's going on right now. Right. So that was also a fun thing uh, coming into the sales rep side <laughs> right at the end of 2019. I was a flight <coughs> attendant for three years pr prior. So, uh, I mean, it was a good thing I got out of that, but um, I only had a few months and then right as I was kind of like getting, uh, let go from training, uh, woo, shut down. <laughs> so it was definitely, um, it was a really, uh, interesting, I'm not going to say necessarily always fun learning experience, but it was definitely a very great learning experience too, to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to be pivoting with this company as we're figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we came out very strong and, you know, we opened three, uh, excuse me, five new States even still. So yeah. It's a good problem to have there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining. <laughs> and she's here today. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah I'm still she's here. She's still thriving. She's still doing well. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love hearing stories like that. I love hearing success stories. And, you know, a lot of that is is based on you guys' hard work. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, owners have a lot to do with it. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. Because, you know, without the direction of those guys, you know, in an instant, a brewery could go under and something like that not taken away from that at all but the fact that we've got hardworking people underneath those guys also mm -hmm. that you know that are repping for you know our area mm -hmm. that gives us the ability to have those beers mm -hmm. kind of similar to the ones that we're jumping into right now so i think i grabbed the right one didn't i yeah. okay <laughs> I got it. I was I was about to say it looks like a tiny bomb can <laughs> <laughs> So that's the first one. We're, that's the first one we're jumping into. So this yeah. is this is a pilsner. Yes. Yeah, so this one is our flagship beer. It's the first beer that was ever brewed. Uh, David, my head brewer, calls it his um, little princess. He has kids, but this is his firstborn. <laughs> there you go. Um, but he um, he spent a very long time during his. Um, brewing journey with learning the craft of brewing to perfect this. And so it's not very often that you get to see a craft brewery actually forefront a, a pilsner, pilsner. Yeah. and be known as a lager brewery. <laughs> and so not only was his um, achievements with his brewing schooling and all that kind of stuff a really big part of that, but I don't know if you guys, I didn't really know this whenever I first started uh, working for Wiseacre, is that Memphis has a sand aquifer. Oh. Uh, that's that gives it some of the cleanest and softest water in the whole entire country. Didn't know that. Yeah. When I remember being in training, I was like, well, you're telling me Memphis has soft water, <laughs> right? It's Memphis, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but as you know, pour uh, straight out of the tap, you're like, Oh, this is really, so, you know, clean tasting water. And so, you know, the biggest part with anything in beer, as we all know, is your water source. Yeah, and so absolutely. if you don't have to spend all that time stripping it or getting it to the consistency you need for that style, whoa, is the world open for you mm. as far, especially if you come with like a clean slate like yeah. we do. So you'll find with pretty much not only just Tiny Bomb, but almost any beer of Wiseacres you drink, it's always going to have that really clean tasting, like, feeling to it because of the water source. Okay. So yeah. I, I actually, from my homebrew days, I knew about that. You know, it's a, uh -huh. this is the water you always want to shoot for, mm -hmm. whether it was, you know, and people were so anal about the 
water supply that mm-hmm. they were brewing with and you hit any of these these brewing sites where they're talking about doing their own homebrew and the focus is always on the starting point is mm-hmm. always on water and the type of water you use don't throw distilled water into a pot and start brewing like Ooh, it's just no. not going to work <laughs> you know and so these guys are, so I'm I'm very glad you mentioned yeah. that about Wiseacre I'm but looking yeah. at Tiny Bomb so this, Tiny one, this one, you know, when Pilsners, you think, you know, just straightforward, clean, crisp. Yeah. Well, this one, if you, you know, obviously you see that it's an American style. Okay. So we brand it an American style because we do add a little bit of hops from Mount Hood. Um, and then we do put some wildflower honey from Mississippi that's mainly used in the fermenting process. So when you drink it, you kind of get that uh, dry, crisp finish. That's the honey really kind of coming out. It's not nice. sweetening it. It's definitely to try and like give it that really ah, feeling at the end of it. Awesome. I'm so, going to dive on in here. Yeah. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Cheers. Mm. Ah, it's so good. It is clean. Very. Mm-hmm. It's got that softness to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it now. That's easy to drink. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, four and a half percent. It's, yeah. it's designed to be crushable that's kind of like why little bit of hoppy on the end mm-hmm. just a little bit but it's not enough to kind of deter the taste from just a clean beer mm-hmm. overall well just from the top it had a pretty good foamy head when yeah. i poured it originally and uh on the nose what do you get oh man i should have done that first <laughs> i'm trying to remember the beer game <laughs> i guess I was, a beer. <laughs> I was i was too eager to actually take a sip of it so it's probably my fault uh, oh no <laughs> Um, honestly, I, I, so me personally, I don't, I don't know a ton about Pilsners. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if anything, Mitch, you've been kind of, I've been trying to, in. yeah, bringing me back into the fold at least a little bit from a Pilsner. So on the nose, I mean, I could sit here and, and give my thoughts on what it is, but it would just be your simple basic acronyms clean. Like it's a little bit well, of I think a, like grassy, a little bit of hay. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. even a little bit of floral to yeah. it. That's usually floral. I, I get a little bit. That's usually traditional with you know like blondes and mm-hmm. pilsners. Is those are your t- uh, traditional kind of aroma factors with mm-hmm. those. Pilsners are always interesting for breweries to make because, and we we've prefaced this before. We've we've talked to a few different breweries. Um, so I think Ryan mm-hmm. at Living Waters was kind of the first one to talk about it. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about it when we were interviewing with um, with Proper Saki, but oh, okay. it came up with Cat when we were talking about Pilsners. But we we always like to talk, and we'll ask this question, I'm sure, from of you too. <laughs> but just to kind of give us, it's very interesting when you're especially when somebody that we're talking to and we, they have the opportunity to kind of bring their own beer, this, the style of beer that they want, that's not theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Hey, if you're drinking something at home at night, what is it? It's Mm -hmm. not your beer. It's not something that you're repping. It's not a wiseacre or maybe it is, but if it's not, what do you prefer to drink? And it's so funny to hear a lot of these, especially like the head brewers of these, these companies sit there and go, Nothing to me is better after a long day's work than just a nice clean pilsner. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because you've got all these <laughs> hop four and these hazy IPAs. You've got these stouts that you can go a million different directions mm-hmm. with. But then you have something that has a pilsner and you ask them why. Mm-hmm. And the answer has always been the same for us. It's you can't hide a mistake inside a pilsner. I was about to say you can really, you can... Uh pinpoint how well a brewery is by by their pilsners right. exactly you can't hide behind it so yeah, yeah. 
totally IPA. Totally You know, or pizzazz it up with like, you know, different types of fruit or something. You yeah. Know, people were making milkshake IPAs. Right. So that's milkshake. always interesting to try those. <laughs> I have a hit and miss I, for yes. me. Yeah. yeah. No disrespect to milkshake right. IPA, but I don't no. understand them. Yeah. I just don't I, get I why they I quite haven't figured exist. them out either. So. Oftentimes, whenever I'm talking to people just while having a beer, if milkshake IPA comes up, it becomes one of those, what happened just... What happened to just having a beer? <laughs> yeah. And that's something too, like I really appreciate about Wiseacre and working for Wiseacre is because we, we just want to make good beer flavored beer. You know, we right. want to stay within the style that it's supposed to be beer, beer flavored mm-hmm. beer, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, but you know, you'll see with tiny bomb, you know, other than a little bit of hops and honey <clears throat> true to style, got to get up, you know, we'll talk about that because that one is a little bit of more of a unique story and situation, but mm. Um, Ananda, our IPA, just supposed to be just a true-to-style, clean, crisp, refreshing IPA, just kind of like nothing too fancy with it. And and stuff like that, staying to what the style is supposed to be, kind of like, you know, how it was created to be, is always <clears throat> fun, too. And I think a lot of breweries are starting to kind of get back to those roots. To the basic styles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Basic. That's a bad word. I mean, like, the original style. Mm-hmm. The OGs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the OGs. No, that's a good point because, you know, you've got these you've got some breweries and I think of one or two off the top of my head that you know how many names can you throw behind an IPA or if you have a stout and you want to start mixing sour IPAs or sour stouts and stuff like that which is fine because you're looking for something Mm -hmm. new and unique but sometimes you just want to walk into a location and you see IPA hazy IPA stout pilsner pale ale American pale ale you know something Mm -hmm. like that and you go okay I have eight choices nine choices perfect mm-hmm. i want a flight of every single one of them mm-hmm. like yeah. sometimes it's it's just it's good after you're stressed and you have a struggle day or whatever and you just walk into a brewery or you go to your fridge and you go you know i don't want this pineapple sour black stout ipa or well, you know the I, other <laughs> one of the other caveats yeah. to a pilsner is they shouldn't be <clears throat> extremely pricey when you get a pour because yeah. a lot of these places you go get craft beer you're going to be paying seven dollars for a pint versus a pilsner Typically a little lower, but it kind of, I mean, Nashville's changing a little bit. I was about to say, it kind of depends on where you go in Nashville, dear, because I've seen the pills are being poured for $7. Yes, (laughs) and I'm I'm just wondering, it better be damn good. Like, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, but you you know, someplace, I kind of miss getting a easy, light ABV Mm -hmm. beer Mm -hmm. for a low dollar. Yeah. And uh, I feel like Pilsners should fit that category, but... Well, I mean, I think that's essentially why they named it Tiny Bomb is because mm. it's a uh, tiny, but a lot of flavor, you know, kind of like, you know, low AVB, you know, low, you know, relatively, mm-hmm. you know, price conscious, <clears throat> but packs so much flavor. So exactly. yeah. you're not compromising that at all with it. It's really good. I'm, I've continued to drink on it and uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoy, you know, now knowing more about the aqueduct and everything, <laughs> it, I feel like it's really kicking into gear while I'm drinking through mm-hmm. it. So um, I, I think I've had Tiny Bomb in the past. But my palate wasn't really ready for uh, lager or pilsners at the mm-hmm. time because I was a very, I was very much into hops at that point in time. IPAs, double mm-hmm. IPAs, 
how high can the ABV go? Yeah. <laughs> I feel so. like everybody so at some point wants to know how high you can go with mm-hmm. that. And then they start trickling back down and going, nah, let's stay down yeah. here. Yeah. Let's just stick to this. And it's, you know, yeah. you can get through it and still drive home, you know? Yes. I think it's a uh, young craft beer drinkers mentality when they oh, first yeah. get you, into you it. Kind of, you know? you go, you, I like to call, I used to describe like, uh, teaching people part of my job with flying saucer was to teach people how to get into craft beers like Mm. you kind of start on the scale and then as your palate gets used to different flavors (laughs) and different styles and you start experimenting more then you want to see you know a little bit more intense stuff right and then you kind of start trickling back down a little bit so i mean i definitely did the same thing you know for a while i was on such an ipa kick i was like hops 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 and now like better be a really good ipa (laughs) yeah (laughs) I've had all the hops now. Yeah, <laughs> but there's say. a million of them too, I know, right? It's like you can never run out of IPAs uh, uh, anymore now these days in the beer world. Gosh, <laughs> and they all almost come from that one place. But the citra hops all come from <laughs> yeah. the same valley. Yep. You've been getting into pilsners. We've I, talked about this a few times. Yeah, it's been a slow burn from 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I that think, hasn't, uh, you haven't always been there though, right? No. <laughs> not really <laughs> but that's the that's when my palate started to shift mm-hmm. and uh i wanted to kind of re-embrace the actual beer flavors rather than i guess all the things they can hide from you and then or put in to make you taste you know it's almost there's a lot of distractions in craft beer and i i think it was it might have been southern grist's Southern Crisp was lager, Hoppy Crisp or Hoppy Crisp really like bought me back in because it had hops. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was like a pilsner with a little bit of a hop kick. It was like this is brilliant. Then I found out about hop tea the next day, and I was like, oh, non-alcoholic hoppy drink, great. But I, I continued on the uh, pilsner journey and found several mm-hmm. like key players that I really really enjoy. And then you know twenty. Was it still 2020 when Triberg from Living Waters came out? Yeah, I think it out? was 2020. That was amazing. Smith and Lentz came back with their Pilsner lineup. And then I, was just, I remembered, oh, man, Nashville had a pretty good Pilsner game before all this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just never went and experienced it. God, so. Have you been to uh, Barique yet? Yes. Yeah, those. they have a, a nice Gosh. Czech yes. Pilsner or like a... New Zealand uh, Pilsner went there actually with Kat. Yeah. And a uh, wonderful experience because mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I do love sours, but like I have to eat some tums yes. afterwards. Oh, <laughs> there's so much acidity. And yeah. Gosh. The, uh, yeah, they're uh, Barrique. They're DH12. Bar- mm-hmm. Yeah. Their yes. DH12 was really good. That was the first one I had when we went to the soft opening yeah. of Barrique. Mm-hmm. And they had They're the DH12. Beers. The clean beers. Yeah. Because I'm not a sour guy. Just, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. There's been a few. If we go back and and kind of, kind of talk and look at some of the prior episodes, you know, there's times when I get to quote unquote <laughs> try a sour beer, and and you know, it, it's kind of more of the lambics or maybe mm-hmm. the um, more tart than sour. Mm-hmm. That's that I can deal with. Sour is just not funk. No, can't yeah. do, can't do funk beers. I know Mitch has historically been kind of mm-hmm. an embrace the funk guy he's he's uh, he did the yazoo thing for a while um but sour and funky is kind of his thing it's not just my i can do more towards the the kettle sours or maybe more less of the sour and a little bit more of the tart side mm-hmm. um so it's that's that's not my thing but pilsners have just only recently for me kind of come around and it's actually because of mitch and i remember when mitch just started 
drinking Pilsner is on untapped. He'd just start checking in Pilsner, you know, hoppy crisp and, mm-hmm. and, and Pilsner, Pilsner, mm-hmm. Pilsner. And I'm like, what is he doing? Like we have all these IPAs. Pilsners we have are all really these... actually kind of making a comeback. <laughs> and they really are. And he, he even find, said like, the same bre- thing. Other big breweries too. Like they're mm-hmm. really like trying like, um, what is it? Uh, Blackberry farms or Pilsner yep. is really good. Like other places are really starting to showcase like what they can do on that Pilsner style. So yeah, I find more people are actually leaning towards that too. And again, you can't, hide behind yeah. the fact that if you make a shitty pilsner <laughs> it's going to show right yeah. so i mean you know when when you come out with a pilsner it's got to be something you're proud of mm-hmm. and you can make otherwise you're either going to distribute it because you made it and then mm-hmm. people aren't going to like it or they're going to go the people that drink pilsners and that understand craft brew go okay this is a beer that they didn't make any mistakes in because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to hide it because you just can't throw a ton of hops inside a Pilsner and hide the bad flavor of something. Like you can't just throw cinnamon or vanilla inside like you can a stout if you Mm -hmm. made a mistake somewhere (laughs) along the process. With a Pilsner, if you screwed up, it shows. Yes. So that's why all of these guys that are coming out with Pilsners now, they're they're damn proud of them Mm -hmm. because it is one of the hardest beers to perfect. It is when you distribute something like that. So that's kind of where I think, I feel that's where Mitch kind of started mm-hmm. going, okay, I'm going to start that or the fact that it was just a Pilsner with hops in it. And he well, started getting excited about that. It was definitely a Pilsner that in my head had a big question mark on price. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Four pack of that's not cheap. Yeah. either. <laughs> well, we do, uh, we did do a fun, like little specialty. Uh, we did an Italian Pilsner. So th- mm. that one definitely more, uh, fruit forward on yeah. that on that palette versus the hops that you kind of get with tiny bomb um it's called party color i think that one might be a staple that we might uh, bring back a little bit more of but we definitely um tested it out with green bench out of st petersburg florida oh, yeah. it was a collaboration but then we we brewed it on our own this year uh ha- had that in the market for a little bit and then we kind of pay we do another beer <laughs> that we pay homage to the aquifer in memphis called memphis sands straight uh, hellas lager so nice. no hops or anything like yeah. that. Um, still five percent, all that good stuff. But <laughs> yeah. it's it is a you know a thank you to the wonderful water source that Memphis gives for our beer. So nice. And that one I'll is have here. To find that one. And that, get, it's year round. Yeah, can we so, get that? Okay. Yeah, it's year round here. Okay. Uh, you can find it in Kroger. Um, most liquor stores will have it. I, it usually comes in a twelve pack, but it's you know still relatively priced well just kind of like tiny bomb is in the supermarkets nice i'll have to check total bev because i know they do a lot of singles yeah surely they'll have a single or able to do singles with that yeah if not it will be in a a larger pack i'm assuming yeah craft brood does a single kind of shop where you can break apart stuff if they've got it talking about the total bev and murphy's Mm -hmm. they should have it okay yeah, that's I mean, that's Wiseacre. They've got they've got a lot of selection from Wiseacre over on at Total Bev and Murfreesboro. Um, it's kind of out of the way from a workplace environment for me, but like <laughs> on the way home, yeah. you know, it's it's easy to get to. So sometimes when I just want to jump over on lunch break and grab something to bring mm-hmm. home, you know, I often don't get to to go over there, but I'll have to be on the lookout cuz Mitch is kind of expanding my palate into pilsners. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll try it. Yeah, man. Very traditional German mm-hmm. Hellas style lager. It's pretty phenomenal. Very yeah. silky. That's yes. what I really like about it. So yeah. if you were to ask Kat from Rango, she'd be like, oh, I love Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to go on a little journey through Nashville on Pilsners and stuff so you can get the full range because there's okay. a few places that have a German specific style Italian. Then there's the American and there's just like mm-hmm. slight nuances. Mm-hmm. 
but they all have a, a characteristic that you'll spot okay. when you drink them. I'm done with my tiny bomb. Oh, what'd you think say. of it, Mitch? I'm cruising through it. It's a great journey. It's a, uh, it's definitely one that <clears throat> right now I'm taking it slow, but I know I could just run through these. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, they're they're easy to like drink. I did. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, it was pretty much designed to be like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was. I I agree. It's super easy drinking. Mitch's, <clears throat> you know, like he said, he could totally just burn through it if he wanted to. Um, <clears throat> I did, apparently. And I thought it was really tasty. It was really easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, the floral, you mentioned floral a mm-hmm. little bit there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not huge on picking out flavor profiles in Pilsners, but I was able to find that. Um, <clears throat> the minute amount of hops that were in there, 35 IBUs. I think, yeah, untapped says 35, 4.5%. So easy drinking. Only just a small amount of hops in it that, mm-hmm. for me, it was just perfect because clean easy drinking and then right. just kind of hit me with a little bit of a hot profile at the end i really appreciated that and then the honey is really what gives yes. it that really nice kind of dryness on the palate yeah. once you you know you mm-hmm. know take a full sip and, and none like of the that. flavors really conflicted with each other mm-hmm. either that's what i liked about it was you know i whether or not i was focusing on one flavor would kind of be what i would experience but i never really took a sip and went there's too much going on here everything's kind of right. fighting mm-hmm. for my taste it wasn't any of that it was just clean crisp little bit hoppy, some floral, and then finished a little bit honey dry at the end, and that was yeah. it. And that's little, just kind of like kept me going. It's got that know? good mouthfeel and a clean finish to it. Yeah. So it's like just crisp. Yeah, you said crisp. So I I am I feel the same way. That was perfect. <laughs> that was a great yeah. first beer to kind of start out on. I'm, I'm glad we started with that. Yeah. Well, it did win us uh, bronze at the Great American Beer Festival in 2014, so nice. we're, we're pretty proud of that. Nice. I want to go to GABF. Yeah. That's I've a, always wanted to go to, but I know it would be like, Oh my gosh, where do I, where do I start? <laughs> Some stories I've heard the officers uh, see the people rolling out after they've had too many. <laughs> and they're like nodding their heads to the people on the sidewalk going, you can walk home, right? Yeah. You can get up and go. <laughs> God, I, I definitely want to be a part of that one of these days. Um, I've, I've only heard good stories about it. Plus, I, I'm divided on their... It's, I don't think it's early access, but you can pay to get like the uh, extra, uh, or I guess it is an early access for all the stouts that they have serving there. Gotcha. I forget what they've called it because I was hearing about it from several people. And I was just kind of, how do you get it? A, is it that much more? Or do I really want to do that to myself? Because I'll be checked out before the afternoon starts. <laughs> Because <laughs> everything there was high ABV from what I was told, stout-wise. So yeah. even tasters, those typically don't get filled the right way anywhere. Let's <laughs> say that's kind of the beauty of the beer festival. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's no secret, but it's a wonderful uh, thank you, thank you for coming and drinking the beer. I, I guess I don't know. It's great. I, I definitely want to go. I think I sold myself. I'm going to go and uh, participate in it all. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk to Dick and see if he can try to get us next year. If he still has any pull, I don't know if he does. Yeah, I spilt my water. I'm going to get some paper oh, towels okay. real quick. But you're pouring the Ananda. Yeah, Ananda. we're pouring Ananda. <laughs> so that's the next one we're going to jump into. So, um, <clears throat> full disclosure: I've had quite a few Wiseacre beers mm-hmm. before. Um, so I am no stranger to Wiseacre. Uh, Got to get up to get down. You mentioned you kind of have a little bit of an interesting story on that. Yes. 
I too have an interesting story on that. Oh, I'm so, so, I'm so um, excited. It's nothing super exciting. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting take into bringing mm-hmm. somebody into the craft beer fold with a beer like that. Um, but that being said, Ananda never had it before. Okay. Um, so, well, and it's Nan- one that's readily available yeah, pretty much anywhere. Yeah, has been around pretty much since Tiny Bomb has been. It's um, one of the <laughs> second beers that we made whenever they opened up the brewery. So, like, the first three that we really started off with really happily was Tiny Bomb, Ananda, and Gotta Get Up. I mean, now we're up to seven year rounds, but those were our three main year rounds for the majority of our beginning phases until we kept growing. Sure. Um, so, Ananda, just to give you a little tidbit about the name, is Sanskrit for bliss. So it's supposed to be you get a blissful experience when you're drinking it, of course. Blissful experience. experience. But yes, so, you know, this one is the one that we really just try and stick to, just true to style. Um, Hops that we use in it are Cascade, Centennial, Bravo. Um, We use a little bit of American uh, malted barley and uh, flaked wheat. So you kind of will get like a velvety uh, texture and a little bit of mango whenever you try it as like part of the flavor, but 6.2% or 6.1, 75 IBUs. It's, it is phenomenal. I honestly like, don't get me wrong. Like I like hazies and stuff, Mm -hmm. but whenever I sometimes like just really want a really good, just awesome IPA, I reach for Ananda. Nice. This is, you're right. It's not hazy. No, this one's not hazy. Um, not at all. It's not going to ever, be hazy we're just gonna always keep it as we're it is the same it is, is yeah <laughs> 75 75 ibus 6.2 boy that does smell like a regular like not that's mm-hmm. okay now it sounds like the true definition of an ipa yes. like you can taste <clears throat> excuse me you can these hazies and juicies and all that kind of stuff and so you're you can look at it and smell your, it like grapefruit yeah. aromas a little bit of your pine kind of like your baby steps is starting with ipas yeah like those are the two big uh, aroma factors you'll get um, but whenever you taste it you'll definitely get like a very velvety little bit of um, fruit you know fruit of mango in it I like, the, I like the nose I could smell it when I opened it yes <laughs> thank you for saying that because I noticed oh, yeah. the same thing as soon as I popped it open yes. <laughs> I was like whoa okay I know I'm making some for a good one it was blissful <laughs> it was very blissful <laughs> 6.2% 75 IBUs jump in Mitch all right. Uh, good foamy head, by the way. Head retention wise. Mm-hmm. Still sticking around. Oh, that's clean. You, I mean, it's just. I didn't pour everything in there, by the way. Well, you My had beer a very... looks halfway done. <laughs> I, yeah. did, I didn't drink half of it already, I promise. You had an aggressive pour. I did that's have right. an aggressive pour. My foamy head's kind of he staying was, around he was a little very bit. Excited. I was very real. excited. <laughs> It's been one of those days, and I was just ready to get into a get into a beer. Apparently, the first one was not enough. I had to go for another. Well, the cool thing is, it's the beginning of the week, so we're kicking it off right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's jump into a sip. Mm. Hmm. So you definitely still get a lot yeah. of the characteristics of what flavors that you would normally get with an IPA. You know, that little bit of mango, a little bit of, or not mango, excuse me, grapefruit, a little bit of pine, but you do get that kind of velvety texture with a little bit of like a more um tropical flavor like the mango definitely yeah centennial mm-hmm. for sure yeah i've uh we've we've done we've done multiple segments or well at least we talk about it where we say okay and we've we've mentioned it before where it's always interesting to do a single hop ipa because mm-hmm. it's like i don't know what this hop tastes like we'll go find a beer mm-hmm. that has nothing but that hop in it mm-hmm. and then you can experience it well 
Centennial hops was one of the very first ones that I had had back when I was trying IPAs and it stuck. Number one, I hated it at the time because just jumping into an IPA <laughs> mm-hmm. when you didn't know much about craft beer, it's just, unless you're ready for it, oh, yeah, you don't know your, what to like, expect. Your initial reaction's like, <clears throat> what? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but Centennial, oh. Centennial Cascade, like Centennial mm-hmm. for me, especially I can, I can pick that hop, hop profile out anywhere. Mm-hmm. Citra I can do, uh, Centennial I can do, Montica hops are, are typically something I can pick out. But yeah, this one's very forward on the Centennial. And you're right, um, grapefruit. I get a mm-hmm. lot of grapefruit in this beer, but it's it's <clears throat> super clean to mm-hmm. drink at the same time. Like I have yeah, to watch kind of myself from just slamming to the, it back. Uh, the water source. Yeah. So. Man. Clean water. It's the key. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> So on the IPA thing, like when you first venture into IPA, yeah, I think we haven't talked about this probably in a year or so, but the IPA that pulled you in. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Bell's Michelle. Two-hearted. Oh, good. Nice. <laughs> Interesting. Because nice. the, they always win. <laughs> I just remember like, you know, uh, Dude, working at Saucer and just like, you know, kind of going through that process. Of course, like you know, uh-huh. more of the fruitier stuff to kind of build on it. Yeah. And then one day someone put a Bell's Two-hearted in front of me. I was like, I'm not going to like this. I'm not ready for IPAs. <laughs> I drank it. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. <laughs> it's good. It's good. And then I, that kind of like kickstart the IPA journey for me. It's kind of like interesting to experience like i always tell people as they're starting to get into craft beer like you will really be surprised how your palate builds mm-hmm. but to experience that was like really unique because you were like i'm never gonna like ipas right. like yeah keep trying you'll get there <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it bells too hard it has a way to convince you compared to a lot of other mm-hmm. ipas out there mm-hmm. and I think both Richard and I got into IPAs through the more aggressive front. Yeah, I I would say that's because mine was very unique. It was more, um, I had a former manager at a previous employer who was just a big hop head and was mm-hmm. convinced that IPAs were kind of the thing and <clears throat> that I would love it. I was kind of at the time into the Belgian, like not truly into the Belgian, but I was doing more mm-hmm. of like, at least I thought my style was more of like Belgian style beers. Turned out it wasn't, but uh, he was like, hey, you need to try this beer. It's called Stone Ruination. Oh, and <clears throat> he classic, just, he yes. dropped yeah. me into their 10 year anniversary, mm-hmm. which was Ruin 10, which yeah, was like yep. super high alcohol, super hoppy. I mean, it was 150 plus IBUs. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I, I remember I was on the phone with him. And I took a sip and almost puked. And I was like, dude. I don't know what the goal was to that's, get me into trying, but that was my very first one. IPA. <laughs> I say, that I, I, I kind of built my way up to that. Yeah, one. that's right. <laughs> Stone beers are ones that like they are West Coast. Yeah, so they're, as they hell. are. Yeah, and they will smack you in the face with that. <laughs> right. But the first one that I actually enjoyed, and I don't know if Mitch knew the previous story that I just mentioned, but mm. the first one I actually enjoyed, and it was probably due to the higher alcohol that was able to kind of offset um, the higher hot profile was 120 minute IPA. Oh, so, yeah. you know, something that's 17% alcohol mm. and, <laughs> yeah. you know, super, super hoppy, but you take a sip and it's really sweet and you're like, okay, yeah. this is what an IPA is supposed to take. No. Well, that's very, no, yeah, that's, that's not. only tr- like standard with double IPAs. Mm-hmm. So you're going to always get that more sweetness up front because yep. of the sugar and the higher alcohol content for sure. Yeah. Um, we do do a double IPA called Adjective Animal. That's kind of like the sister to Ananda. Uh, definitely not as hoppy. You definitely get a little bit more of that sweetness with it. What was it called? Adjective Animal. Adjective Animal. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
gonna have to look yeah, that same. one up. Do it. I'm very interested in that. I uh, hops. Oh, I have had that before. Yeah, you're yeah, say, I like that. I was trying to say, well, the picture. Right <laughs> <here>. <laughs> yes. That one was solid. Also, I enjoyed also that. Also, centennials in that one. We use. We you will find with our uh, hop stuff. We do like centennial a lot. Heck yeah. <laughs> and Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mine was hop slam with bells. Oh. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh uh, man, there was a. Uh, there was. Uh, have you ever been to beer cellar? No. Uh, in Nashville. Downtown I, Nashville. Yeah. Yes. I don't think they're open after what happened on Christmas. But uh, uh, okay. I remember we, I was walking back with some friends after a Nashville soccer game because we're big soccer people. And uh, they were giving uh, selling Hop Slam by a pitcher. Oh, do not reckon, a pitcher? Do not recommend if Holy you want to be able to function in that state. But for <laughs> yeah. the time being, I was like, Isn't this is awesome. Like 10, yeah, 10% or something, something right? like that? Yes, like I said, <laughs> I thought it was Holy a good decision at the time. I did not think it was a good decision in that state. <laughs> I think anybody would consider that a good decision. <laughs> it's just kind of like a reminder, like, yeah. hey, those higher uh, high grab ones, they'll sneak up on you. They do. Wow. They do and they will. Like. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Hop Slam was the one that I forgot about that. It was weird. Don't I, get me wrong. I still love it, but yeah. I was like, Whoo. That one, the whole picture. Did you finish the whole picture? I mean, I shared it with people. If I did, I w- would have not been walking out of there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle might not have been here today <laughs> with us. <laughs> I have been. I forgot I have been there before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's great. I, A couple I hope years it comes ago. back. But, yeah. Um, I know for right now, after what happened on Christmas. You're talking about great. the AT&T building and the bombing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. The... um. So with Hobslam, I had had other IPAs before it, but they just didn't, I guess, hook me, right? Mm-hmm. They Some hops You always got to find that one yeah. that hooks you in, for sure. I, I can't tell you what about Hobslam woke me up to it. There's a little bit of honey in Hobslam on the say, finish. There's, a, that there's might, a little sweetness to it, for I sure, because of the was. higher ABV, for sure. Yeah. It, something about the higher ABVs, again, I guess... Being a new craft beer guy at the time, I was like, I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever I almost reason. like try to tell people maybe you should, even though you're like, why would I start with a double IPA before mm-hmm. coming to an IPA? I almost want to say reverse that. Start with a double and work your way huh. to a normal because sometimes if you're building that Sweet. and the sweetness, you're not as like shot that's true by the, I didn't think about that. Like the grapefruit yeah. and pine that kind of hits you sometimes mm-hmm. with IPAs. But that could be one of the reasons why the 120 from Dogfish Head worked so well for me as the IPA. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've got tons of different levels of IPAs. And then you've got 120 minute, which is like 18%. 120 IBU, you know, it's just like it, it hits you in the face with everything. And for me to be able to drink that as like the second IPA that I've ever had and go, okay, so this is what an IPA is mm-hmm. supposed to take. It's not like, yeah. you know, it's not standard of a typical IPA, but for me, I had half of that can. I was sharing it with DJ actually. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is something that I could get used to. Mm-hmm. But I, looking back on it, I think like you prefaced, it was due to the sweetness of it mm-hmm. that it just didn't... It, it wasn't like stone ruined 10, right? Like it just wasn't <laughs> no. forward in yeah. your face. There was alcohol, there was mm-hmm. sugar, there was sweetness that kind of offset that. So mm-hmm. I was able to start there and then kind of journey my way back down on the alcohol scale and move up in the so I, in I the find IBUs. even like whenever I do samplings at <clears throat> liquor stores and stuff, whenever, you know, people tell me that they're getting into the hoppier stuff and I try a non first, but then I compare it with them with Adjective Animal. Mm. They like Adjective Animal a little bit more because they're like, oh, it's a little bit sweeter. Like I can actually, mm. 
get through this without and then you know makes sense with that you know big hit in your palate that ananda or any other ipa might give you but like i do find that like if they say i'm starting to get into ipas i have more success with the doubles mm-hmm. and just before than the regulars you know regular yeah. ipa i guess that's got to go through your mind if you're if you're repping and you're at a liquor store at a beer store and they're going yeah. come on down we have michelle from wiseacre here <laughs> serving beers from four <laughs> until whatever and you've got these you know parents that come in that are looking for something or you have these first-time beer drinkers that mm-hmm. are coming in or maybe they're you know maybe they're good with blue moon or maybe they're good mm-hmm. with shock top or something that's kind of more on the wheat style yeah. and then they go okay i want to try something different i guess you kind of have to think about what's going to be the least offensive that's that like, I can give I them first in a new style of beer. Like what when you go home? What are you normally drinking? And of course, like my harder con- con- converts <clears throat> are you know the domestic drinkers. I actually oh, yeah. had was doing I, a tasting yeah. uh, downtown last week, uh, and I had a couple come in and say like, "Well, we drink Natty Light." But what do you got? And I was like, to be honest with you, I don't have anything you're going to like. But I was going to, what is that answer? What try is it? Tiny, yeah. Try That's Tiny tough. Bomb. Huh. You know, I didn't, ha- I would uh, regularly, I would have recommended Memphis Sands because the lager itself without the hops right. could probably have won them over, sure. but they, the store didn't sell that. So I didn't, wasn't going to offer it, but I was honest. I was like, here's Tiny Bomb. Not going to lie. The hops are probably not going to do it for you. And of course they were like, gosh no and i was like i tried to tell you so but but, you know you know tried to i always tried to pivot with what i think that style is going to match in so it's 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 unique it's fun to do i it's i kind of like think it's like a little uh puzzle it's like okay and a lot of that training too came from flying saucer because the the intense training they gave you they kind of taught you you know on the scale of beer starting from light to dark you find what a person sticks to and usually you can pivot, you know, two styles up or two styles back and still stay within their tasting profile. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 I've always, I've got one difficult friend who hates beer. Right here, Mitch. Oh, hates (laughs) beer. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He, uh, he, he's adamant that he doesn't like beer. Okay. Adamant. Yet he. Light ciders. He might like cider. Like slambits. He likes sweet or what is it? Twisted tea. Oh, I know. It's a difficult thing. I'm telling you, man. I see your face. If you, were, if you include this on your YouTube channel, pretend I didn't just make that face. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, oh no. That's the reaction I expect Twisted from that. Tea. Like, it, come on. Uh huh. Hell yeah. And it's like rum. And I think right now uh, his thing is a tequila. Like, well, what about beer? Is it that you don't like? Do you not like hop and malts? What is the ingredient mm-hmm. that turns you away from any beer in general? And he doesn't know the answer because mm-hmm. he just d- decided he didn't like beer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's many styles out there. You have to just go get a flight, mm-hmm. all just small pours. Just try them. Mm-hmm. It, it, spend the $15 and just see if anything hits, you know? Yeah. And he's like you i'll just go with you and you tell me what's good i'm like whatever i like you're not gonna like yeah. man I'm and too, you can't because you've tried already yeah, and you i'm won't too give deep you the in this game man so yeah. usually, <laughs> i always recommend to people like start with the ciders mm-hmm. especially because there's so many different variations of ciders coming out now especially like if you get a wine drinker and you want to try to convert them to a beer drinker yeah start with ciders <clears throat> preferably dry ciders 
That's a good point. You kind of have some, okay. you know, uh, coordination between like, you know, Sauvignons and Pinots and all that kind of stuff with certain ways that ciders are being made. And the drier ones too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The drier yeah. ones will definitely win them over and you kind of just start building a little bit from there and, mm. you know, maybe try some Lambits, throw, throw wit in Lambics there. Lambits would be a good one. Yeah. You yeah. know, all that good stuff. Give them the German journey or yeah. Belgian journey to the, uh, yeah, Belgian the Euro trip. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Been a while. <laughs> yeah, same. I, it just kind of hit me. I was like, oh, Euro trip. <laughs> that was a long time ago, Euro trip, bitch. I'm dating myself there. It's uh-huh. a little, uh, but yeah, uh, that I still haven't made that journey with him yet. I just know it's going to be a difficult order, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he, if you're started on Twisted Tea, you might have a little bit more leg work to do. This is true. <laughs> Here's three Twisted Teas. Down them. You got about five minutes to recover from those because yeah. they... Yeah. <laughs> The best know. thing about Twisted Tea have been the memes that came out. Yeah, with the I, was last, about, like, I was about to yeah. say. Four or five months ago when <laughs> the dude just me. clocked somebody yes. in the gas station with a can of that Twisted good. Tea. That was yes. super good. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Probably yeah, the would, only good were, thing about Twisted yeah. Teas. It like took me a second whenever I kept seeing those memes coming up. I was like, what is going on? And of course, like my finally, my beer industry friends were like, Michelle, this is what happened. And I was like, yeah. oh, it makes sense now. Gotta watch, once you watch the video, all the memes are great. Yeah, uh-huh. It's kind of like all the family ones with the Fast yes. and Furious. Yes. Well. yes. So great. So good. <laughs> Terrible movie, by the but, way. Oh. I know we're getting off subject. I saw it last weekend and I'm one of those junkies that will see every Fast and the Furious movie on opening weekend. I have a thing for Dwayne Johnson, whatever it is. I just love <laughs> the movies as a whole, but I even liked them before the very first ones, you know, whether or not they were point break with cars. It was just, it's always been my thing. I grew up with them. The last one was terrible. And I know this isn't the platform for discussion on that. It's fine. Not a good movie. (laughs) Well, even I I went, some of these things aren't believable anymore. Well, I have a theory that every time you say family, another Fast and Furious movie is being produced. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Probably right. Yeah. It's just like one of those things is not going to die. No. But anyways. (laughs) It'll keep keep going. Ten's not going to be the end of it. I guarantee you. Um, Mitch, thoughts on Ananda? It's fantastic, man. Um, It the hops are pulling me in i I really enjoy this one that is from the second i opened it i could smell it i knew i was gonna like it kind of thing you know what i mean it's uh it's hitting all the notes that i enjoy in an ipa so it's not bad at all it's a uh, just to i guess give listeners an idea it's pretty clean yeah. And uh, it had a good head retention. I think we mentioned that earlier. I'm going to try it again real quick. Mm. Hits all the notes. It's a it's smooth. It's got the hoppy bitterness to it. Lingers a little bit in the mm. back of the, of the mouth there. And uh, it's got that bitter kick that I really enjoy, too. I'm not the best, like, you know, <laughs> palate person, but... Uh, I'm I'm really enjoy really enjoying it. I would probably get a second pour in a tap room or something mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a lot of what you said. Whether or not you think that you are a good judge of character for that kind of stuff, everything that you mentioned is something that that I agree with. I will add the um, the the centennial uh, was a cent- yeah the centennial mm-hmm. hops in it is just totally what 
I picked up immediately on the first sip. I went back to that, you know, those when I was kind of journeying into IPAs after I had the stone ruin 10 and I went no, and I had the 120 minute and I went yes. And then I went back and started looking at anything IPA and I went, this is not the IPAs that I'm used to. Um, but over time, you know, like you mentioned, Michelle, you grow, like, you know, mm-hmm. you try it and you go, okay, this is a little bit different, but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's just something that you don't typically start with. Yeah. Um, but this one was super easy, super clean. Centennial hops were totally there. Um, if I don't pace myself, I'm probably going to be careful. So while I probably have half the can left in this, I don't want to finish it because you just busted out (laughs) our next one and I'm really excited to try it, but I want, I know this is sounds weird. I want your take on Ananda before we move on, even though you're repping us tonight, I want to know know what your take is on it. For, for me, it's it's honestly one of the favorite even in the whole Weizsaker portfolio. I would definitely buy it even if I was not repping for Weizsaker, mm-hmm. just because it's just it's traditional. It sticks to what an IPA needs to be. It gives, like you said, it hits all those points for you without being too overbearing. Because right. like in the IPA world, you are finding so many twists and turns, and all that good stuff with you know all these different variations of IPAs and all these unique twists. And if you just really want to just be like, man, I just want a good, just a good IPA with nothing weird about it, Ananda. Definitely. If that, if that makes any sense. No, it's 100%. Right. Okay. I agree with that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It so, was fantastic. There's uh, nothing There's nothing wrong with saying sometimes I just want an IPA that's straight to style yeah. and all that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. some people can take that and go, oh, you mean you want something original? You don't want something that kind of steps over the boundaries. And Tess is like, it's not what I said. Sometimes I just <laughs> want an IPA that's true to style. Because you can't get to those uh, more like unique versions without already knowing <clears throat> how to appreciate right. the original. Yes. So. Yes. That's perfect. I'm ready to get into this next oh, one. Yeah. Oh, this, this is the is one I'm very awesome. excited for you to try. Yeah. I really enjoy the label. On Michelle oh, for yeah. This one. <laughs> yeah. So, so Bo Echo is uh, relatively new still to the Wiseacre portfolio. We released it back in like February, March. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, hazies are still a craze, mm-hmm. right? You know, everybody. Definitely. Everybody loves a good hazy. Hazies are becoming very unique, you know, so like we should try our twist at a hazy as well. And so um, we definitely, I think, hit the ball with this one very well. I traditionally, if I'm being honest as a beer drinker, I don't really lean towards hazies because sometimes you get too much. And sometimes that, you know, the believe the lactose that you get yes. from the haze yeah. too much. It tastes milky. Yeah. And I'm like... I don't want another one of these. I always want to enjoy a beer that I know I can order again. Okay. But that's just my preference. Yeah. I'm drinking. Hazy's can make you feel full. Oh, yeah. They definitely for sure. can. For sure. So this one, you know, if you... Let's pour it first. Yeah, so absolutely. Because, I mean, it's got a nice haze to it. It really does. But it also is like you can still see through the glass a little bit. So it's not oh, too it's overly bearing. It smells really good. <laughs> So we got Mosaic, Centennial, Denali, and Citra. Okay. So those are our hops that we use. Citra hops. Um, you know, uh, Pilsner malt, Crystal malt, Flaked oats, all that good stuff. Um, I will say, like, if you drink this one, you will get a lot of similarities if you've ever had Homestyle from Bearded Iris. Oh, yeah. This one is going to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more on the juicier side versus if you were to drink 
home style, which has a little bit more of a drier side to mm -hmm. it. Still both phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but this one too, 7%. And we love that it's very cost conscious as well. I mean, not nice. saying that it, not other IPAs are cost conscious, right, but right. Uh, this one we're, we're just super proud of, you know? So this one's kind of actually really been changing the game of our whole entire IPA footprint. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, Ananda, yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but Bo Echo has been blowing it out of the water for us. So I'm excited because uh, I've definitely not heard of Bo Echo before. Yeah. And also, too, like the artwork on the yeah. can. Don't, <laughs> so tell unique. me if there's a lot going on here. <laughs> um, I, I want to go off a theory that my head brewer was at a music festival <laughs> and was uh, enjoying some stuff. And if you look a little bits of the can there's a little there's a little bit of um suggestions of what was going on yes <laughs> i'm not sure where the dog plays into this but um but i also have been told that the more especially when you're drinking the beer the more you look at the can just the better it gets definitely so um the artist that we use her name is rachel brids uh she actually lives here in nashville um, she does all the artwork for us, um, you know, all That's the way cool back fact. from, you know, mm -hmm. the tiny bomb, all that kind of stuff. And if you look to, so like tiny bomb, little bombs, Ananda for the IPA for bliss Sanskrit right. kind of has like a really nice, you know, detail to it. We try uh -huh. to, she does a wonderful job of trying to like match the beer and the beer name with like a really cool artwork to it. So yeah. Um, she, you know, she still continues to do all of our artwork. She actually helped design the new brewery. So like, oh, it's so unique rad. on the outside and she pays like a little homage to like all the other beers, like even specialty ones that we've done. Yeah. So it's, it's so cool. So. That's wild. Yeah. The, it's a very celestial. So I have a feeling like she sat down with like <laughs> Dave and it was like, and David was like, this is what happened. She goes, okay. And just start drawing, you know. <laughs> it takes a, it takes a skill to be able to take somebody's random ass like right. happenings yes. in a prior event and go, okay, I'm gonna put that to pen and paper and create something else out of that. Yes. There was the celestial being with Sagittarius that said Bo Echo, and then Bo there Echo. was a dog. And Let's see here. I'll, I'll read you guys a brief description um, from the uh, oh, cell sweet. sheet that I have here. It says when you've reached your all time low. You need a parking lot veggie burrito and the warm snuggle of a stranger's husky, probably named Stasha. Stasha. <laughs> yeah. The winds of change may find this beer landing in your hand. Nice. So, so I, I totally dig the trash burrito. Um, <laughs> Memphis in May. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a... Some some people's tradition to eat off the trash can lids like oh with God. whatever meals you have. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I hope that's not what happened then. I, I hope so too, but or hope not to. But yeah, it, it, you may need to go get tested, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was years ago. I'm fine. <laughs> Mitch was COVID patient zero. Well, I thought if you did that, you're immune. That's right. That's true. That's a good point. My fault. I yeah. gained I gained the uh, immunity. The immunity to yeah. trash yeah. burritos. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take a sip of this. I really do. Yeah, let's do that. The uh, it's, I know this sounds weird to say, but this beer smells hazy. I don't know what it is about no, like hazy smelling IPAs, but this has 
immediately i didn't i didn't smell anything when i popped it open from kind of the distance that i mm. am but when you when you pour that into the glass and then you hold it up to your nose you go okay it's flaky odie kind of mm-hmm. um but it smells hazy and again i'm using air quotes because i don't know if that's really a real term for a, a smell profile mm-hmm. but right. that's exactly what i pick up on a little it. quicker head retention on it mm-hmm. or, or or dissipation yeah i should say right the liquor's hitting not really hit <laughs> i wanted to say that because of Leahy. <laughs> trailer park boys. <laughs> i'm definitely him. gonna get some citrus some tropical yeah. fruit all that good stuff with this one as well it smells real Let's nice mm-hmm. oh that's smooth mm-hmm. yeah but definitely You're, a little bit more juicy. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. pick up there's it's it's not just at the end, like it's it's sweet and juicy all throughout, mm-hmm. but there's a little bit of an uplift mm-hmm. at the end that kind of has that extra juicy kick mm-hmm. that just stays with you. Mm-hmm. It kicks and stomps my palate at the same time. Uh-huh. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's uh I whenever I they finally sent me um my Ooh. little taste tester of it before we officially mm. launched it. And like I said, I don't normally reach for a hazing whenever I'm out to drink a beer. But when I found myself like three Ds in, I was yeah. like, okay, something, <laughs> they did something right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, ooh, I can go for like one more. But you do have to be mindful it is 7%. They, they sneak up on ooh. you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> three of these will get you feeling good for sure. Oh, I was feeling quite fine. <laughs> you said this one is it's a relatively new release within the last yes. few months. Yes. So, okay. we, yep, it's a part of our year-round portfolio now. So, you'll find it in every major grocery mm. store, every major liquor store. Um, and the cool thing is, like, if you see it next to Tiny Bomb, it's going to be the same price. <clears throat> so we nice. really wanted to be competitive on that front without compromising any quality. Right. Excellent. I want to switch gears for a second, okay. if I can. Um, so <clears throat> you've been repping Wiseacre for a while mm-hmm. um, during the pandemic mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And there's really no, like easy way to transition into this, but I'm always interested. We we've talked about this with multiple people, but very interested in always understanding what people's <clears throat> work life was like mm-hmm. as, and we, we asked Kat the same question. Um, and I'm always interested in knowing when, when shit just shut down, mm-hmm. you know, there was, <clears throat> I, I don't know if everybody, it's kind of like, um, if you're old enough, like if, if you're the generation where you can remember exactly where you are when 9-11 took place or whatever. But like, I feel like the shutdown, at least me personally, I don't remember where I was when everything was like, okay, we're closing everything down because it kind of took place over a matter of like multiple days or maybe a couple of weeks. But I remember at one point where I was like, okay, this is just a thing, you know, hopefully it's going to pass. But then I also remember after everything had shut down and I was at home and I was working and we had to make some difficult decisions about, okay, you know, who on my team is going to stay and who do I need to say, Hey, I need to temporarily, Mm -hmm. you know, furlough or whatever. I remember when shit got real for me that day, um, as a person working in the Mm -hmm. brewery industry, the last 2019 and into, or I should say 2020, probably the first mm-hmm. half of 2020 and before even ramping up or even just all in, in general, what was that time period like for you when you were like, okay, you know, maybe this is, this is something that's getting serious. And then you go, okay, my job is about to change. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to, things are going to be different. We have to pivot. What was it like working in the beer industry when things kind of just took a turn for the worst? 
Um, I mean, it was it was pretty scary um, for sure. Just mainly because I was actually in a in a career change at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember it's like uh, I think it was like March thirteenth. Uh, there was a Friday the thirteenth. I was like trying to do a uh, little get to or like a um, event with an account for we occasionally do. Um, a, a little seasonal or like a little specialty called Prank Calls to Satan, which is our black IPA. Nice. Oh, delicious. I love that. I love it. Yeah, prank it's calls great. To prank Satan. Calls to Satan. Oh, that's great. And so it was perfect lineup because it was there was a Friday the 13th. So it's like, oh, you know, targeting accounts. Like, yeah. let's do a, a It third, wrote itself, basically. Yeah, uh-huh. like a, a, you know, a Friday the 13th with Prank Calls to Satan. And I remember um, nobody was coming in. And I was like, what is going on? Like, where are my people? <laughs> and of course, it was like, you know, a week after the tornado here, you know, it's like, bam, yep. shut down. But I don't know if it really started to hit me until like, you know, we we pivoted to just working from home, just, you know, the number one priority for, I think most breweries, certainly for mine was the priority of our safety. Like we mm-hmm. didn't want to compromise that at all. And so they were like, you know, work from home until we figure out how we want to pivot. And of course, you know, it was tough. Um, we did have to have some cuts in certain, some areas. I definitely for a second was like, <clears throat> oh, it might be for me, I you know, I'm, I'm new, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I can't go back to the airline industry right now because they're furloughing everybody. Um, but I, I was very fortunate. Um, luckily Nashville is such a strong, it's our second biggest market mm. um, that, you know, they couldn't compromise somebody here. So, um, that really, you know, was a benefit, but I, of course, you know, had to say goodbye to a few coworkers, Mm -hmm. but I'm hoping in due time they come back or we, you know, build again. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it was weird. It was, um, it was kind of like, we didn't, we just kind of kept figuring out day by day how we were going to pivot through this. So it was kind of like, you know, reach out to accounts as you can check on your buyers um, and then when we really started finding that restaurants and stuff had to shut down, you know, I think that was really the tr- true sign that we needed to start pivoting towards targeting, um, you know, independent liquor stores and supermarkets. So, right. you know, I would just work from home for two months and I would call my liquor stores and just, you know, still, you know, luckily call them over the phone and still make that sa- sale. And luckily you kind of built a relationship with them e- even through the phone still like, and mm. And then a big part of that too was like little things like even texting him and be like, you hanging in there, stuff like that, you know, just not that it's for a purpose to gain anything, right? but it, it just really helps build your connection to those accounts too, that you're like generally care about what's going on, care about trying to help their business, you know, giving them suggestions on like what you can do to like help them out from working from home. They're going through it too. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, I would try to come up with like unique signs, like for them to put up on their uh, stores, like the feature, like specialty beers that we still (laughs) wanted to send into the market and kind of like help, help them have like that exclusivity part of it to still draw people in whenever they were doing their shopping and all that kind of stuff. Cause you know, you really feel for those people who didn't have a chance to go home and really be safe at home. So, um, I definitely would like, you know, if I could, if I was out and about a little bit, if I had any, you know, um, employee beer, I just give it to them. Just be like, Hey, go home and drink this. Like, or just like, you know, hang out, do something. Yeah. I know things are so stressful, but like it was, it was definitely a building process for us. Like we kind of, we really did have to take it week by week and just be like, okay, 
this is where we need to focus. This is what we right. need to do. And then, you know, because we kind of had to keep going based off of the ever-changing mm-hmm. CDC guidelines yeah. that never really oh, wanted to nobody, seem to make yeah. up their mind. Nobody knew at any point in time what the official guidelines were. <laughs> so we never were. really knew what was going on. So we were just saying, well, we're just going to figure it out as we figure it out. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, you know, I, I do really pride Wiseacre too and our owners and our, you know, upper management for really not only putting our safety as a priority, but also, you know, being able to shift um, dynamically mm-hmm. towards where we need to be. Cause you know, last summer we had that little period where we're like, are we coming out of this? Right. Restaurants started to buy again. So we're like, okay, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll start putting stuff in, in kegs if it's going to get sold. But then when it really shut back down, we're like, whoo, <laughs> back to cans. <laughs> and so, uh. and then even then with the can shortage, um, cause I mean, everybody experienced a can shortage, you know, we, we kind of relied off of, um, the cans that we had printed with brands that we weren't planning to redistribute out. And we just did the wrap thing, but we did like a really unique thing. Like, um, I mean, this one's just, it's not fully wrapped, but we did like the 2020s edition. So people can scan the QR code and kind of get the story about like, uh, okay. cause sometimes per se, I mean, none of these cans really have a great example for me to show, but like. Uh, adjective animal would be like completely pink, but then we would wrap the Ananda um, label around it. So we were technically using like an adjective animal can, but right. it was still Ananda. Yeah. But some people would be like, are you pranking me? Like trying to like add a couple people be like, there would be a sticker curious. over yes, the adjective yes, animal yes. sticker because that's what was yes. going to be in the can, yes, but originally. now you had to pivot. Yes. But then of course, like having to explain wow. that to accounts and to people who are like, are you trying to call me and say this is not <laughs> right. the beer I'm getting? I'm like, no, no, no. We, we have the layout like right here. Yeah. Like, just like everyone's experiencing it. This is our unique way to overcome oh. that. All that kind of stuff. So we, we tried to make it fun, you know, even if it was stressful. So let's go ahead and scan the QR code, man. Okay. It's cool. I, was, I, <laughs> I think, I think this one's going to work though. I mean, like this one is, is literally the bow echo. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been curious cause every can has had a 2020s edition mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like, okay, read oh, more yeah, about the visual right. dissonance of our current cans. Yeah. It's like, I don't, what happened there? <laughs> but yeah. And like, and like I said, it's like these, because it, I mean, usually they're fully wrapped. Yeah. So it'd be like from the top of the can to the very bottom. Oh, okay. Okay. So I guess essentially like we couldn't reprint. Mm-hmm. new stuff especially like new uh beers that we wanted to come out with unless we had already printed it in the past yeah mm. and so we were kind of combating that with well then just wrap it you know so we you know we brought in a special like you know machine to be able to do the wrapping and all that kind of stuff for us so uh, that way cool. it didn't okay. that way that little setback wasn't gonna set us back yeah so i dig I w- it that's i want to read it if that's cool, I'm there's, go there's for not it. a lot. There's not a lot on it. So okay. I, I scan the bow echo can. It says a message from the good folks at Wiseacre. It's the 2020s, which means there's a lot of unforeseen challenges not known at the start of the year for anybody relying on aluminum cans, whether it be beer, soda, seltzer <clears throat> or other. That means the supply and demand chart scale has tipped too far in one direction. If you're seeing this, you have likely already seen other struggles with inventory of finished products or have alternative packaging as a stopgap solution. After three beers, this is really hard. (laughs) I think I'm doing okay, though. Comprehension check. Yeah, I I, I suck at reading comp anyway. 
because of can supply issues, we at Wiseacre are labeling up many of our core beers in cans we already had printed of other brands. We know it doesn't look the best, but it is how we must navigate to continue to get beer out to you. The tiny bomb can may the tiny bomb can may look a little different, but the beer inside is the same as it always was. Thanks for understanding. Nice. I like that. I appreciate cool. it. It's short, it's concise, it lets you know, hey, this can looks a little different. Here's why. Mm-hmm. It's still the product that you're expecting to have yes. inside the can. Live with it. Yes. And thank yes. you for your understanding. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like I, like I was just saying, it's like we weren't going to let that setback actually be a setback. We yeah. were going to find a way around it. So, and at the at that time, I mean, personally for my my sake, and if I'm hopefully, I think for everybody's sake, it's like we just want to drink. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, who cares what the can looks like? Right. I mean, we, of course, like we still want to have the proper visuals, but it's like give us the liquid that we need to yeah. like get through this I day never of uncertainty. Went, I never once thought, am I getting a different beer? As I went, no. it wasn't beer. Yeah. And then just it wasn't it. very often, but I did have a few people be like, were you pranking to me? I'm like, no, <laughs> that would be a cruel joke to play right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be. I guess it's valid if you are the sales point of contact. I That's guess. true. But yeah. at the same time, I would if I was in that point, I'd be like, what's up with the double label? Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't be like... You I, would never get a yeah. call or a message from me asking if my beer was legit because... I probably wouldn't know. I would just drink it. I should, I and I would be happy it. about I was that. I say, usually yeah. I, would ima- I would imagine most people's mindset were, I just want the liquid. I just need inside. a beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm digging Bo Echo. Yeah, Bo Echo is yeah. awesome. It's really good. And you're right. It's it's not a hazy. It's not a hazy that is like a one and done. I could drink this and then I go, okay, I could go for another yeah. one or, or maybe even a third. At the, probably not tonight at this point. But, <laughs> you know, I could drink two definitely two of these and still be okay Mm -hmm. because it's not it's not milky or kind of i don't want to use milkshake because that's a totally different term but it's not hazy and odie enough to where i would just went oof you know one and and i'm finished it's tasty that's Mm -hmm. usually the overall goal with anything that weisaker is going to produce it's like we really want you to enjoy it and order another one. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. you know, you'll, you'll find for the most part, all of our stuff are really mm. right in that mid range of ABV, usually five to 7%. Like we want you to enjoy it. We want you to be safe about it, but we want you to be able to order another one without another compromising one. your like, woo, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, some of like you mentioned one twenty minute, I can only have one of those and I'm like almost stumbling out. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Cause it's like four beers <clears throat> packed into one. Yeah. I learned early on that, that, smaller bottle is just shareable it, yes it, it, it goes through yes you, you can pour it for three to four people like for half sure. three ounces yes and be okay with yes. it because and ooh. the fun thing is everyone's palate is different at that point in time that you share with anyway so you're able to like what do you think what do you think what do you taste oh they're great discussions to yeah. have over that's what i like to do with the specialty bombers that we even make or with ooh. anybody mates is because i don't want to drink the whole thing right you know we do it a phenomenal barreled aged uh, bomber called astronaut status that comes out mm. around December time. So we age in wood for barrels, put oh, a little bit of vanilla in it. Oh, it's perfect. That'd Stupid awesome. question. It's a stout, right? It's a stout. <laughs> oh, so that piques my interest because yes. Woodford is kind of like, if I go out, I'm old fashioned or if I'm sipping something, Woodford I is I the bourbon that I wish I knew you were a stout guy, I would have brought one. Oh. But what you know you should do is collectively get some of the beer reps together 
and do a bottle share po- uh, podcast. Definitely. It's been on my mind. Yeah, we, I've Mitch got has mentioned things. it a couple of times I think before it's time already. To do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because I think that's how like most of the beer reps feels like we're so happy like we get this as a benefit to being with the brewery. Yeah. It's like, but we want to enjoy it with other people. We want to get people's opinion because like we come oh. out with different variations of it. This year we did a normal with the Woodford barrel but we also did a tequila h barreled one too ah, and that's also been sitting in my fridge because like i want other people's opinion on it yeah you don't want to drink a whole bomber yeah. of that by yourself if you can no. split three or four bombers yeah. with yeah. multiple people beer is fun beer is meant to be enjoyable with other people i exactly. mean beer is like a definition of like the original social drink yeah yes. if you really think back to its history the i mean that's what it was just... designed to be yeah so we can do that. I think that's that's got to be on the schedule then. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll set it up and we'll reach out to you and Kat. And oh, say, you definitely together. do it like around like winter time because that's yeah. when all the specialty like winter yeah. warmers come out yeah. for sure. So I I definitely would will go ahead and keep that set Ooh, aside. Definitely, <laughs> we'll start putting some together and yeah. try and find a good time because that'd be a good time. Uh, that one might. Uh, I'll set up a recording ring and everyone will have to get the their their little you know five ounce pour or whatever and then i guess we'll rotate it. yeah it's the only way to do it because i can't set up 20 mics or whatever yeah. you know what i mean oh no i got you no i got you but we can make a good time out of it and we'll just be the central two guy, two people i guess mm-hmm. or if we grow we'll have more people but it'll be a good time That's and it's something to consider if anyone wants to talk about the beer and push whatever they want kind of thing it's like that'd be a fun time it'll be like a a live event you should do it for like an anniversary yeah that'd be good Mm -hmm. and we there'd be a lot of beer that night yeah (laughs) yeah i'll probably put up something that'll be like a live little video feed but it'll be from the mics and any uh, anyone doing the beer share can just walk in over and grab a mic talk about it and leave when they want kind of thing it might be a free finish this one I but I, I feel like after maybe uh, ten drinks, we're gonna be like, "Who wants to talk?" I'm about to say maybe, maybe just like you keep your group small. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I, I, this is just thinking. If it's this is there, w- there will be too many beers for just the oh, few yeah, amount yeah, yeah. of people that yeah. will be here anyway. Well, you can always. It could just be a virtual one too. That's true. That's true. That way, everyone's at home doing it safely yeah that's true but maybe like and luckily for the most part majority of the beer reps are very uh friendly and like you know we all work together here Mm -hmm. in nashville so we already bottle share with each other a lot anyway so it definitely could be like we can bottle share with each other but make sure you guys get some as well yeah cool i love uh, that's the so touching on that real quick before i always like to put mitch on the spot about how he liked his beer after he finished drinking. (laughs) i seem to do it every single time but before i get into that i i the Nashville beer scene is so strong mm-hmm. right now. And you've mentioned this many times, Mitch, but yeah. like Nashville seven years ago, eight years ago was not what Nashville is today from a, from a beer standpoint, you know, you had, <clears throat> you had your OGs, like you had Yazoo, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they were the at Linus hall, you know, and mm-hmm. he was, he was pumping out at the time, just different beers all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are going like, what is this? You know, what is it all this stuff? You know, now I kind of feel like they're focused more on the, they have like the embrace the funk and then they've got like their core beers mm-hmm. and they're still, they're starting to come out with some other releases. But, you know, at the time when they were doing it, nobody else was doing it. 
you know, and then you have other breweries that started coming into the fold. You had Bearded Irish, mm-hmm. you had Southern Grist, you've got Living Waters, you've got just all these, you know, and even even Saki breweries, yeah. you know, in Nashville are, are doing beers now. They had to get creative because people weren't coming into their establishment mm-hmm. to, to do sample flights of Saki. So they're making beer. You know, Byron is mm-hmm. was a really good example of that with proper Saki. Mm-hmm. He's making beer. So the the Nashville beer scene is just wild and or Tennessee in general yeah. because you know Wiseacre has for me when when I discovered Wiseacre it was already readily available mm-hmm. to me you know it wasn't one of these <clears throat> places where I went if I want to get Wiseacre I have to drive to Memphis I've never been to Wiseacre to the brewery but right. I know I've had got to get up to get down i know i've had tiny mm-hmm. bomb i know i've had um adjective uh, animal like i know i've had all these because the nashville or just the tennessee beer community in general is just everybody bands together so mm-hmm. all that to say having a bunch of people <laughs> together with a bunch yeah. of bombers would be so wild because <laughs> there would be no shortage of beer at oh, all oh gosh no That's true. Um, what was it? Um, the uh, Nashville Brewing Company, uh, their rep, Anna, phenomenal. I adore her. She actually put together for Christmas time like a tw- uh, 24 days of beer oh, Christmas for us, and where yeah. we all submitted in like a case Ooh. of a beer that we wanted to showcase. <clears throat> and so it was a really wonderful way to get to try other local brewery stuff without, because you know, sometimes you always get wrapped up in like yours or the few people you know or whatever but it was a great way to actually literally be like okay i got something from yazoo i got something from blackberry farm mm-hmm. i got and it was like you cho- everybody kind of chose like a one-off yeah or something that wasn't really relatively well known within their the brewery's footprint so it really gave people a chance to try that it was great it was that's it cool. was an amazing idea <clears throat> like i was like go you girl and that's yeah. awesome so Mitch, the Nashville Brewing Company was the uh, the Nashville Bach beer that we had that night when we were having cigars out on the back deck, and we were like, "This Bach is really good for its style," and we couldn't figure out what it was. It ended up being Nashville Brewing Company. It's wild. wild. Yeah, yeah. We do a pretty awesome uh, Bach called Calculator, and mm. it's dangerous because you definitely don't think you're drinking a Bach, and it's ten percent, but oh it's just so God. smooth. Ten percent. <laughs> like occasionally, we definitely bring would bring it into the market. I think this yeah. year we kind of just kept it in. Tap room, but oh, usually man. the beauty the beauty for Nashville is that we are usually number one in priority for anything to come out of the market in Memphis. So that's that's awesome. I, I cannot imagine ten percent. But that reminds me that a Boulder beer, mm-hmm. unfortunate events in twenty twenty for them, but they created a Oktoberfest that was nine percent, if I remember right. Dragonhosen. Yes. Ah, oh, that thing. I, I, Oktoberfest and the beers associated have always been a weird category. Try ours. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm going to go yeah. ahead and just jump yeah, on that. Plug it. I, I haven't it. tried plug it yet. Uh, because like, I, I know when the brewery listens to this, they're like, if you do not mention our yeah. Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but so, we don't. sometimes we don't know either. Oh my God. Like, have you had our Oktoberfest? No, oh. I haven't. Ah, okay, so I'm, I'm going to have to. Right I'm going to have to, because um, I'm hopefully going to get samples. Uh, we'll talk off mic about yeah. like a way for you guys to try it for sure. But um, awesome. Yes. Okay. So our Oktoberfest is the one seasonal that we've consistently done since we've mm. been a brewery, but not only the beauty of our head brewer being and doing his studying of brewing beer in Germany. <laughs> um, another thing too, is like 
Another thing that I love so much about Weizsäcker is you will always find that our beer is consistent mm. because we have a designated person who does all the chemical checking. Um, I'm going to blank on like what his official title is. I might get yelled at later. I would have. Like, but no. his name is Fabi and he's from Germany. And oh, so wow. he, he does all the chemical background of making sure everything matches but he's also German wow. and he helped really design this with David. And so like when I say like it's a it borderline could go for like Hackershore, mm -hmm. it can go for like Hackershore, any German Oktoberfest. Wow. It is phenomenal. So excuse me. One of my, <laughs> one, one of my beers I haven't done yet. Which is always the one to do that. Yeah, yeah totally. usually. I, I was like, like going off. Yeah, I was all like, good. crap, it's going to happen while I'm, I'm, well, I'm talking. Well, I'm, I'm going to make that up. I'm going to burp at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to mention that one of my buddies on Untap checked this beer in. He is a hard judge of character. Yes. Hard a very oh, hard. Okay. Robert's a very hard judge of Robert, character okay. on beers on the tap. And he actually had the Oktoberfest actually at Homegrown. Oh, yeah. Actually. And he gave it very high marks. And so the fact that. The fact that he was able to because he knows his styles he knows his oktoberfest styles um he's he's big into that style doesn't do ipas mm -hmm. doesn't do any of that but Oktoberfest so we, uh, is we his call it gamulikite yes so that means you know joy you know togetherness all that good stuff yeah. you know um it's it is amazing like i was even buying it before i ever ever worked for wiseacre like mm. that and tiny bomb is like kind of like now it's full circle that i get to work from but it's yeah. like i've been buying uh. them for like years so yes yeah, so definitely we'll talk about how you guys can get some Oktoberfest. sweet i want to get that in your hands so i definitely want to talk about it I, yes i need to do we're going to do some sort of Oktoberfest kind of special for sure yeah. i think it'll be time to do it. oh yeah definitely like get in touch with me mm -hmm. um ryan geist makes a great one franz uh the other uh east nashville beer works does a really great one too like check the local people too for sure like or who are in the nashville area so it could be like a Nashville beer rep like um Oktoberfest challenge. Yeah, that'd be fun. So, yeah, Oktoberfest isn't something we focus on historically, but every time we have you one, do, like, we a go. Special, oh man, yeah. this is a good Oktoberfest. Yeah, you can do like a special episode of like trying different ones, and you mm -hmm. can maybe virtually pin us in and let us talk about it and all that Definitely. kind of stuff, and then you guys can rank it. So we'll find some time to do it, set aside, and get some time slots available for people to come and go as they that'd be a good time. Yeah. It'll, all right that would be a very fun Oktoberfest for us <laughs> oh oh yes we um my friends and i kind of did like a blind tasting one where we actually put germans uh german styles versus american styles and i think it's like of course that's cool. some of the german ones came out on top but i think ours came third and i was like nice yes. nice, nice. <laughs> that means we're that's this close <laughs> yeah heck yeah <clears throat> Ooh! All right, switching gears. So here. yeah, so we're we're going to change things up a little bit. We've moved from pilsners to IPAs, and then we're moving into the stout range. Yes. Um, this was this was the other one that Michelle had recommended. So we've been talking with her a little bit throughout the last couple of weeks, trying to nail down time slots and stuff like that. And then eventually, once we got that, it it turned into. You know, we want a wide variety of beers. What are we going to have? And of course, she recommended Tiny Bomb. And then, um, you know, she brought samples of the Bow Echo with us, with her. And the other one she recommended when we switched to stouts was the Gotta Get Up to Get Down. Um, the Coffee Milk Stout. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reserve my thoughts on it. I've had it before. <laughs> I love it. It's really good. 
Um, I do want to say that um, this is one of the stouts that my wife has never been a big craft beer or mm-hmm. just a big beer person. She's always cider. She's wine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of her style. But every time that she would drink a stout, she went, I had that gotta get up to get down one at that one place. Do you think they have that available? And it was like, this is the stout for her that defined Mm -hmm. her getting into the dark beer um, in the beer community. So, you know, if there's ever a a time when we're somewhere and we're doing something and and there's craft beer and this is there, this is the one she gets. It truly does have a cult following Mm -hmm. because of how unique it it really is for a coffee milled stout. Like I've tried other coffee milled stouts. This is just something that just really stands out. But knowing the bat story about it too is really what helped me really even hone in more to it already than just naturally enjoying it. And so we work with a coffee company in Chicago named Metropolis. And so we actually have a geo-mapped area in the Congo region of Ethiopia where we source the coffee beans from. They go to Metropolis and then Metropolis reserves them for us and sends it down to us. Oh, nice. And so what we do too is we let the coffee naturally process. So you know how coffee beans have a fruit around it. Mm -hmm. Most other coffee companies like, you know, the big name people, you know, chemically process it where they just want to strip that away and get straight to the bean. This one, you know, Metropolis like naturally processes for us. So you kind of get a little bit of that fruitiness, a little bit like kind of like a toasted blueberry pie mm-hmm. whenever you taste it. But we think that the like you also don't get that bitter dark coffee with this. At right. All, which is what really stands out to me because like people have, you know, they're one way or the other about coffee. Sometimes right. they're like gung-ho for it or like no why would i want to drink something that's remotely like black coffee it's bitter not done right I've all that working kind of with stuff richard on that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah he really is so you know i think the way that we really um process that and where we source the beans really plays a big role into the success of this beer we also uh add a little bit of milk sugar so you kind of get that really creamy texture mm-hmm. to it so it's kind of like um you know a little bit of coffee with a little bit of cream but it's also so light when you drink it, which is why it's it's so successful as a year-round beer. Yeah. Because I know usually you would be like, hmm, stout, not going to drink that It's really summer. not super heavy. It's like a iced, or iced coffee in <clears throat> beer form is like how I sell huh. it to people sometimes. Like the, the trigger words to make that work. Right. Because, um, you know, when you automatically say stout, people go, no, it's going to be heavy. It's going to be thick. It's going to fill me up. But I go... Try it. Think of it like you're drinking iced coffee. And they're like, you're right. Nice. And then, like, I also made the joke, you get confused. Do you drink this in the morning or do you drink a normal (laughs) cup of coffee? And it's, you know, about, you know, four, um, like, one one of these is, like, a quarter cup of coffee. So you drink four of these, you get, like, one actual full cup of coffee. But it's kind of like the the reason for the name. You got to get up so you can get down. That's right. Okay. So, I mean... I, I know do, that's right. I do. Tr- <laughs> yeah. I do truly think why this one stands out the way it does <clears throat> is because of that bat story. Nice. Is because we take you know we ca- we like to call it our most pretentious story when we are describing like the process of it. It's like you know if we don't get pretentious too much on some things, but coffee, this beer, we <laughs> it, did, we yeah. did, we did, and it's okay. We own up to it. We yeah, like we go fine. to accounts all the time and go, 
you want to hear about her pretentious story about gotta get up to get down <laughs> but yeah no i mean this one too like whenever i first discovered wiseacre eight years ago when i was working at flying saucer you know tiny bomb drew me in initially because i was really loving that pilsner style then they had this one on draft and i was like whoa this is like the most unique coffee stout i've ever had right because sometimes you don't quite align those flavor profiles where you either get too much of the bitterness from the bean or you know the different like vanilla cream or like adding on that it's like too much this Mm. one is just right where it needs to be if i could say a beer is perfect for a style gotta get up I, I I tend to agree. I know that <laughs> I know that this this beer right here again, and just going back to the whole mm-hmm. wife was not a craft beer per. And you know, still today she drinks stouts and ciders, but this is kind of where it started it for. And I know when she does drink a lot of beers, sometimes she'll make the reference to, oh, it's kind of like this, but it's not quite as this or whatever. It's like this is the standard when she drinks stouts Mm -hmm. because it's what she got started on. Mm -hmm. And no matter how many times she tries different stouts, Ooh, this one's good. This one's tasty. It always comes back to this. And if it's, if it's somewhere, whether or not she gets it, she recognizes the name. So it's a unique name. Mm -hmm. It's a good tasting beer. And for somebody that doesn't drink craft beer, it pulled her in Mm -hmm. to the, to the stout game. Could be a recommendation for your friend. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> definitely. Yes. I mean, you definitely off the top of your nose get that really great roastiness. Like mm-hmm. you definitely get that like smell like you just brewed a fresh cup of coffee. There's a little bit of a sugar. Yeah, you like can definitely a, get the little like bit of a lactose sweetness, smell yeah. or milk sugar smell or whatever. I'm gonna try a sip. Mm-hmm. I snuck a sip earlier. <laughs> I really like coffee. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not I haven't had this in quite a while, but tasting it right now, it it doesn't overwhelm you mm-hmm. with tons of coffee, tons mm-hmm. of chocolate. It doesn't overwhelm you with tons of sweetness. It's I mean it's it's five percent, mm-hmm. so it doesn't overwhelm you with like super heavy boozy ABV. It's just for a stout, you could literally drink this any season of the yeah. year and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't drink coffee. Mitch knows that. I'm just not a coffee person, but I'm I'm finding it more and more I like mm. it in my stouts. But it's frowned upon to drink beer at well, five o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. So well, I'm not gonna do it. Well, not during COVID. I mean, we right. all did. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember like on a Zoom meeting when I saw my boss cr- cracking a beer at nine AM, I was like, Oh, so it's acceptable. It's <laughs> acceptable. Right, yes. The boss does it. <laughs> Good thing I have one right here. <laughs> Good thing I just have like just waiting for me right here. But um, but no, uh, I really do think that the uh, milk sugar that we do add to this really does yeah. trim down that coffee flavor a little bit for sure. But it still really you know enhances the overall flavor and the experience you Definitely, get whenever yeah. you're drinking. This it's beer. there, but it's not like it doesn't. The coffee doesn't kick you in the face. I almost feel like. When I like on the nose, mm-hmm. it smells very coffee forward, and mm-hmm. then when I taste it, the coffee's there, and it's just the right amount. Mm-hmm. But it still lets you know that it's a stout, that it's still a beer mm-hmm. at that. But it doesn't, and I've I've seen it before. I've had it with other beers where it's just too forward, and there's too much mm-hmm. coffee, too much of this one ingredient. But there really isn't too much of any ingredient on mm-hmm. this, and they all kind of play well together. But it's it's not. 
as coffee forward to me as it smells. And that's good Mm -hmm. because I love the smell of coffee, but I don't really like a coffee punch in the face. Mm -hmm. So I smell it and I go, Ooh, this smells really good. But I get afraid when I drink it going, I'm going to get a a coffee kick in the, in the face, but I don't get that. I get just the right amount and then it dissipates into a stout. So I really like it. I definitely, (laughs) There you go. <laughs> Mitch was holding that in. I could tell he was looking at me. Well, you made me feel had, better now. <laughs> I had one comment. So. <laughs> but no, whenever I do like do samplings and stuff around town, and, and you know, I always ask people, "Are you a coffee fan?" Of course, mm, like the coffee yeah. fans, I'm like immediately winning people over with this one. But even people are like, "No, not really." But I'm interested. In, like, but just please try it. Like, just try it. Yeah. And I will say, I'm, I'm my success rate is more, you know, pretty good still with winning people over. Even if they don't really like beer or anything like that, like you mentioned earlier, like with your wife, like something about it just sits with them and they're like, this is amazing. I was so. going to ask is there, are there people that like, oh, I don't like beer. I don't do beer. And then you go, do you like coffee? And they yes, say yes. And ab- then you go, try this yes, one. Absolutely. And do they end up going, yeah, this is oh, actually yeah, a really I've, good I've one. I've definitely, whenever I've been doing like <clears throat> tastings and stuff at liquor stores, like if, if they get come at me with that approach and I say, just give it a try nine like maybe eight times out of ten i see them walking out with a sits pack nice really it's pretty cool that's awesome so. <laughs> that's a hard gig it really is when you're in a and in, in, in an ever-growing craft beer community oh, yeah, too when sure. you're in a store that has 300 different beers mm-hmm. and then they're like oh we've got michelle from wiseacre here today come down and have some beers like I'll go in and I'll try beers. I'll be like, okay, that's good. Thank you. You know, whatever. And then I'll go pick up like the stuff that I want. Yeah. And then I'll go to the checkout. When you're able to say, just try this. And you go, you know what? I'm actually going to, like I planned on, mm-hmm. most guys like me come in with a plan. Either A, I'm mm-hmm. looking for something I haven't had before. Mm. Either Stout or an IPA. Mm-hmm. Or B, I know exactly what I'm going for. Sure, I'll drink your mm-hmm. beer if you're going to give me some because why not? But there's, to be able to go, you know what, maybe I was coming in for this, but this is actually good enough. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get that. I'm going to get that instead. So it's definitely the being gamble, able to have more sure. people yeah. come out I with mean, the beer that you the offer ga- them. It's definitely something. the gamble, especially like you said, with the ever growing and ever diverse beer market that we you know beers in general, not only in Nashville, but all, all around. I mean, that's what the benefit of those are for. I mean, yeah, sometimes I'll get people as every beer rep does. You're going to be like, you right. were like the natty light people always, you know, describing to you, yeah. you know, I was like, I don't think you're going to like this, <laughs> but you know, that's kind of like, that's part of getting the brand awareness out there, trying to build on it, trying to convert people a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, you gotta be ready to, if someone says no, like, sure, move on. But then like that one person you can really win over and you make them change their decision. Yeah. That is, that's, that's the ticket. Mm. So, and I, and I, and that's what I love so much about being a rep too. I mean, like, yes, like, of course, like I'm always trying to promote my brand, but I also too, like, I just want people to enjoy beer. So sometimes like I, I'll say Wiseacre for sure, very diverse portfolio, leading Pilsner, an IPA, a hazy IPA, you know, a stout that's, you know, amazing all these other brands that we got that we didn't even really get to touch on today. Like there's Mm. something great with every like branch of beer style that I think we really hone in and do well on. But even if somebody goes like, 
this isn't for me. And I go, what are you looking for today? And, and they'll be like, you know, I just really want um, this IPA or just style IPA. I immediately recommend like another brewery that I think would, you know, fit their portfolio. Yeah. Because I just want people to enjoy beer. Yeah. I mean, of course, like I'm always going to put my brand first. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> if you didn't like my Pilsner, let's try somebody else's who I know is not as hoppy. Yeah. Because if sometimes like the hop complex might deter people. And if all you have is tiny bomb. Yeah. And that's that little hop profile at the yeah, end is what go, they're like, going for. Let's try like um, Ryan Geis's Cheetah or, you know, Blackberry Farms or something like that where I know that sometimes like, you know, they don't really have that hoppiness a little bit on the palate that might, you know, not necessarily always draw people in. Yeah. Sometimes that could be, you know, a little bit of a challenge. Right. But, you know, I just want people to enjoy beer. So I'm like, if I have to recommend Nothing somebody else's beer, no. then I will do it. Yeah. So, because then that means they build on it and then maybe come back to mine. Exactly. When they're ready. Yes. <laughs> yes. It'll come back to her eventually. Mm-hmm. Yes. What do you think, Mitch? It's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've had Get Up to Get Down. I think it was uh, probably since that Memphis trip I took and actually went to Wiseacre. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it's uh, something I'll probably pick up and probably get even my wife to try. Man, I wish I'd been to Wiseacre. I haven't been to Memphis with you. We we need to go. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're missing out on some really good food and some good beer. Yeah, Memphis. I'm a barbecue guy. Like oh, I'm oh, right here. Yeah. 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 Brisket, barbecue. We actually, I actually just that. got to try on. Um, a specialty from us. It was my first time trying it the other day. Uh, Dr. Gibbler, which is a smoked Hellas lager that we made. Dr. Gibbler. And we, yeah, it's called Dr. Gibbler. Uh, we, like of course, it. Uh, got it to Central Barbecue that's over here. You know, we're, we're good buddies uh, yeah. with Central Barbecue. You know, us Memphis people got to love each other while yeah. we're out, out mm-hmm. of Memphis. But Absolutely. It was so unique. It was delicious. But, of course, it was like, oh, yeah, if you had this with some ribs... No wonder why this is like the perfect pairing to send the oh, central. For sure. Oh. Think about Zilla's coffee rub on yeah. his, uh, uh, what, what were those called? They were, well, they were beef ribs for one, but yeah. they were just I mean, massive. Massive ribs, beef ribs, but they had a coffee rub of some sort of his that he made. And this would have been great with it, too. Oh, man. Well, I think it's great. With, I mean, it's, I think it would be good with any type of red meat. And the, this oh, one yeah. is just, it's... The coffee. I think actually a couple of my coworkers, because uh, uh, we have yeah. a running joke. Like, I mean, we have a group chat with the salespeople, but like uh, the the men and uh, the men salespeople, even my boss and all that kind of stuff, uh, love to smoke meat. Uh, like, of course. it's yes. kind of funny. Of like, we joke, we do joke. Like, the females <laughs> off record, we just go, "These men and are smoked meat." <laughs> even though, like, sometimes I'm like, Ooh, maybe else. I should, uh, I should try that, but. Like they they really like experiment with different Wiseacre beers. Like they've done like Tiny Bomb, they've done Gotta Get Up, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. marinating and brining with it and all that kind of stuff. So nice. it's really fun to actually kind of like, even though sometimes I'm like, huh, the guys are back at it again. Yeah. I just go, that's <laughs> We're actually a pretty cool. That's, sure. that's pretty that's yeah. pretty cool actually that you know they're they're using um, you know the beers and mm-hmm. not only enjoy drinking them, like they're just using them for different things too, like in wow. different meats and stuff. But yeah, that's great. I I agree with Mitch. It's it's been a while since I've had it. Yeah, um, but it's just it's the perfect for me. It's the perfect amount of coffee because I'm not too too. F- 
coffee forward is not my thing, but I like a little bit of it in my beer, so it works out perfectly. The sweetness is just right. It's mm-hmm. not too over the top. 5%, that's exactly where, you know, it's it's weird that a stout would be at 5%, but it works so well because you can drink it anytime and it's not over the top. Heavy. And if you need like another selling point to buy this beer, I came across a gentleman on YouTube who rates beers in his shower and said this is one of the best stouts he's ever drank in the shower. I do want to see that. Stout yeah. beer. The shower beer concept. I might, I might have concept. used it while I was presenting this brand one time. I was nice. like, this shower, if the guy can drink it in the shower, you gotta, you gotta drink this beer. Exactly. So. Have this beer in the shower. Yes. Man. Well, there, I think, go the, ahead. There was a meme the other day that I saw where, it, have you all seen the red button push with the mm-hmm. dude sweating? Mm-hmm. The two different options? Yeah. 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 Smoked meats and craft beer. Smoked yeah. Meat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, sent that over to the, we sent that to the guys in oh, our yeah. sales team. <laughs> Me yes. AF. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. For sure. Yeah. We want to talk smoked meat so bad on this podcast, but yeah. beer takes precedent here. Beer always takes precedent. Well, you know, if you guys ever want to branch off and do that, I will give you the number to my sales team members who will just be like nine day ready you know, to talk about it. I'm so, sure they would love. I'm sure we would I, love I to talk some, about it. I have some it. really great craft beer knowledge. That one's out of my realm. Gotcha. So. <laughs> you know, you can go ahead and tell them that we can have a smoked meats day, and we'll all eat what we cooked. Yes. Oh and have the beer that oh. accompanies it and talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I'll be sure to once we're done here, pass it along that good. proper contact information. It, it'll be a good day. <laughs> I guess. Do you guys have any more questions about Wiseacre in general? That you, why you guys have me here? You kind of answered them all yeah. right now okay, off cool. the top of the head. I didn't, uh, I typically do a lot of like digging around, but wiseacre has been around. So I took mm-hmm. a little leniency on, you know, I'm sure whatever I ask can get covered. <laughs> I don't need to do too much. So yeah. it's one of those things where uh, the beers have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite out of the four was definitely that Bow Echo. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I would fall onto the Ananda. And after that one, got to get up to get down for anything dark and coffee. And then the tiny bomb for a day to day, just like Mm -hmm. I could have it anytime, anywhere kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And it's got good flavor. You said, I just want to make sure you said Bo Echo. Bo Echo. I agree. First one. Then you said the uh, Ananda. Yeah. And then you said the got to get up to get down. Uh And then the tiny bomb. Yeah. So I say... Bo Echo, nice was my favorite one at uh-huh. first. So I agree, a hundred percent. Okay, uh, it's weird. You gotta get up to get down. Nice. I know, like that's that's See? very weird. Eight times out of ten, nice. yeah, for me to <laughs> yeah. do that. Not very often do I fit in with other people, so mm-hmm. that's good. Um, and then, uh, ooh, decision time. Think about it. <laughs> So pilsners aren't typically my thing. Um, that being said, it had a little bit of a hot profile mm-hmm. that for me pushed it kind of over the edge. So I'm going with Tiny Bomb for number three. And then because, well, I, eh, hold on a second. i i don't know i think so because there's there are two different styles and i and i don't know how i would place it tiny bomb and ananda are the ipa and the pilsner like i could switch those out either number three or number four just for the simple fact that those are two different styles if i was in a 
IPA day, then I would put the Ananda before yeah. I would put the Pilsner. But I had the Bow Echo, mm-hmm. and I like the Bow Echo the best because hazy is kind of mm-hmm. my thing. Um, <clears throat> so therefore, Tiny Bomb is going to go number three for me, mm-hmm. and then following up with Ananda for number four. Nice. All great hey, beers. Yeah. Honestly, very good I beers honestly, in general. Just, just off of meeting you and already you telling me you're a big hop guy. I expected Ananda to win. So for you, for Tiny Bomb to kind of outbeat Ananda a little bit for you, that's that's awesome. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But then again, got to get up, snuck up there. And I was like, wait a second. You just <laughs> yeah. did like a complete like 360 on me. Yeah. <laughs> if this were a normal beer day for me, then I probably would have gone Bo Echo, Ananda, got to get up to get down and then tiny bomb but for whatever reason the order that we drank them tonight maybe it was because my flavor profile was wanting something different mm-hmm. after for whatever reason bo echo was was number one the winner mm-hmm. of the night regardless but that that extra hint of coffee for whatever reason kind of pushed it over the edge but it wasn't strong enough to where it kind of turned me off and then from there i went you know what i appreciate the cleanliness but the little small hop forward mm-hmm. for the tiny bomb. So that's why I kind of put that third. And then the Ananda, while it is a good beer, Bo Echo won oh, yeah, for me. No. So I it's it's hard I gotcha. for me to kind no, of place I that. I yeah. get you completely. So, so those like I said, like when good. we introduced that one, it it really made us relook at like what mm. we needed to do for our IPAs. And like we do like an experimental IPA line too called Mim Fresh. We rotate different hazies. Like we've done Xanadu, which is a little bit more of like a drier one. I remember Xanadu. Uh, yeah. We've done Flimber, which is a little bit more juicy. Um, be on the lookout for our next one called Puffle. Puffle. Um, Puffle. Yes, it will be in a 16 ounce can too. So Whoa. 9%. What is? Give me, give me the details <laughs> oh, on Puffle. I don't have much details. IPA. Yet. Uh, definitely, there. definitely an IPA. Okay, definitely okay, hazy gotcha, IPA. Gotcha. Um, I don't know much like about the the characteristics of what to expect just sure. yet, hmm. but it is that's on our list to send out to the market. So sweet. And sixteen ounce cans. <laughs> I'm a big guy, Mitch. Yeah. Well, the good sixteen thing ounce is, cans the good are thing more is for too, me. Like not only will you find Tiny Bomb already in sixteen ounce cans. Perfect. This gym is going to be in 16 ounce oh. cans. Bo Echo is going to be in 16 ounce cans. Oh, starting boy. starting here in a few weeks. So. Nice. Are those going to be four packs or six packs? Do you know? Um, the uh, 16s for this one, I believe, are going to be like our. Um, they're going to be loosely packaged as okay. 24. Okay. Uh, so, but depending on the liquor store and stuff like that, um, I'm not sure if those are going to go quite in the grocery. But like gotcha. depending on the liquor store, if they can sell them in that or they single them out. Usually, most places will just go ahead and single them out. I wouldn't be surprised if this made some some concert venues around town or some sports arenas for sure, especially yeah. given the price point. Um, but those will be available here relatively soon. Nice. Okay. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. Um, n- normally, I did you want to say go ahead, Mitch? Okay. Uh, should we just jump into the lighting round at this point? Let's do it. Okay. So, Michelle, this is a little different. Um, So we've spent the last probably hour and a half talking about (laughs) Wiseacre beers. Um, This is kind of where we change things up a little Mm -hmm. bit. So um, generally where the focus of the first part is to always talk about, you know, what we're drinking. And in this case, Wiseacre, Wiseacre, Wiseacre. We normally throw something in at the end. It's something we typically don't drink on a regular basis. 
um, and it's something that's not super readily available. Uh, we've got a couple of ones different here. So the first one we're jumping into is out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So Panther Creek, which I'm sure you've heard of because you're not too far away from us in yeah. Murfreesboro. Um, they're probably a little bit over a year old, I'd say. Mitch, are they quite a year old or are they a little over a year? Do you know? I can't remember. They took over the space of the uh, Green Dragon. The Green Dragon, yeah. I don't know what time that was. I okay. want to say it was probably later 2019. Okay. I feel like it's a little bit over a year. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> Panther Creek has been, uh, they've, they've come out with a lot of different styles, mm -hmm. a lot of beers. They're, they're brewing many of the same and they're kind of doing different things. But it seems that at least this is their second or third one that I've been able to get my hands on. They have a stout series that they like to experiment with called their Unholy Creations. Oh, okay. uh, so this is and they've never been super high gravity. I think their first one might have been eight or nine, which is still up there, but it's not mm -hmm. over the top. Um, but this is a stout that's going to sound very different tasting it first, but I don't think it's going to taste exactly like it sounds. Oh goodness. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> so their unholy creations is typically their stout, ex uh, experimental series. This one is a chocolate brownie, espresso and cream cheese stout. What? So <laughs> I don't know about the cream cheese, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you, you never, you see. never know though. Like That's let's, true. let's, let's crack it yeah. open and try it. Seven and a half percent. So it's a 16 ounce can. So we, we've got a bunch of empty cans and some half full cans in front of us, but, <laughs> uh, this is one that we're definitely going to be split. Can I borrow your glass real quick? Which I'll give it back. Cause I'm not going to drink out of your glass, but, um, so it's a 16 ounce can that all three of us are splitting. Mitch, yeah. can I grab yours next? Thank, Thank you. you. Um, and the whole point of this discussion is. We've we've had a lot of great beers tonight, mm -hmm. you know, uh, focused around one. It's kind of mm -hmm. the opportunity to just get out and drink a little something that we haven't had mm -hmm. over the last hour and a half. Um, and cream cheese is definitely something that I have not I say, had very in a stout interested before. In the cream cheese I don't know if you're going to taste it or not. I got gotcha. you. So I'm going to sniff it real quick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anything on the nose, Mitch? Hang on, I got a palate cleanser. There you Did go. you know to sniff the inside of your elbow helps cleanse your palate? I'm gonna give it a shot. The inside of your elbow. Mm-hmm. I dipped my nose a little too far on that one. <laughs> <laughs> into your These elbow or into your beer? Both. <laughs> so I say you're really going after that cream cheese. That's, right. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Maybe someone's playing a trick on me. Oh gosh. The good news <laughs> is my elbow smells like nothing. So <laughs> That means I showered correctly this well, morning. Maybe that's the cleansing part, though. That's probably what it is. Okay, so what was the fruit on this one again? So this one is an espresso cream cheese brownie milk stout. Oh. Um, decadent dessert stout series full of rich, rich, luxurious flavors and silky textures. Beers are designed to appear to yourself appeal to your self-indulgence. I don't have anything else other than that. Good news is For, it doesn't smell like cheese. Because I'm kind of getting like... I don't know raspberry. Yeah. Okay, that's too. why that's why I was asking like, what's the fruit on it? So, uh, and it could just be the see. sweetness from you know all the other uh, combinations we got going right. on here. It smells awfully sweet, like a fruit of some sort. And yeah. It, one of the berry things is on my mind. Like some definitely some like a raspberry mm -hmm. or a choc. Uh, get some little bit of chocolate in there for the sweetness if i sniffed a cherry cordial i'd be a little confused right now you know what i mean like cherry cordial yeah 
uh, my grandparents had them all the time. Mm. So the packaging, when you open those things up, I don't remember what brand or what. It oh, those chocolate covered oh, cherries. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. I, got yeah. I just, I guess, cordial threw me off a oh, little sorry. bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I was what like, I'm, I'm. <laughs> old but not that old i'm like like right in that middle sweet spot yeah i don't see them i still remember i still remember dial up okay so like yeah yeah. (laughs) i remember dial up too (laughs) have you seen those videos of like people who are like in their 30s playing the dial up tone for people in their early 20s they're like what are you talking about you go, oh no am i there (laughs) speaking of i saw my nephews this past weekend and they went to the pool at Nana and Papa's. Okay. <laughs> Nana and Papa's. There's a yellowed corded phone on the side of a wall there for like oh, the office. No. The office is locked and no one can get in, but there's a corded phone for emergencies. Dial tones. Ah. They didn't, they didn't know, know what to do. They didn't know mm. what a dial tone was because uh, my oldest brother was like, yeah, pick it up. Listen to it. Do you hear anything? They're like, no. He's like, it's probably broke. I'm like, hold on, <laughs> hold on. What do you hear? Yeah. <laughs> and they continue to be like, there's nothing happening. So I listen to it. You pick it up and it's still the, yeah. Yeah. which you don't get on cell phones, cell phones. or anything. Uh-uh. Did he ask you why you have to say, hang up? <laughs> no, but <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I had, I had like something like that happen. I was like, oh gosh. Yeah. We're, we're there now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wild to think. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't feel that long ago. Don't call me after until after nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what minutes are free, Michelle. That's right. That's right. Don't text me. It's 25 cents a text. That's right. yeah. <laughs> I'll send you a message if you're good with it. Just don't respond back. And if you, and it, and if you do, you're like, too. pray that your parents don't see it on an invoice. Yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. no. <laughs> All right, let's try it. Yeah. Join. Whoa. It gave me shivers for a second there. Um, okay. I'm calibrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might admit there might be too much going on. Okay. But. There's a lot. It's a, for seven and a half percent, it is extremely heavy was my initial response. It is really heavy. Now, so you get the sweetness and I mm-hmm. think it, it's due before it being a higher grab, but I'm like, you said. Uh, cream brownie, cheese. brownie, cream, cream cheese, cheese, espresso. Espresso. I get the espresso for Definitely. sure. Okay. Uh, I don't really get too much. Maybe it's the cream cheese on the sweetness I a think little so. bit. Now so I don't. I'm not a good judge of character on espresso. Mitch, remind me. Kind of. Is that kind of like the more earthy taste? In this of beer, the bitter earthiness. Yeah, it's bitter earthiness. Be, yeah. Okay. It, the cream cheese is. I don't really taste brownie, but I taste bitter chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly what I was about to say. It's like that. And sometimes that bitter chocolate, too, kind of plays into the espresso part. Right. Um, and not that this is always the best judge of character, but the most recent, or I should say the most upvoted flavor profiles on the infamous Untapped app <laughs> is coffee, rich, sweet, chocolate, and roasty. Roasty? Mm, I get more sweet than I get roasty. Yeah, that cream cheese, I think, is <laughs> that cheese is coming through. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It, it's, it, it, I think it really counteracted all the coffee profile. Mm-hmm. Okay, like a little too much. I'm sweetness. struggling to get cream cheese, but it, I don't know if that's a flavor profile or if that's just something that's coming in and well, kind of stomping all over everything else. Do and, you like 
cheesecake by chance? Now, see, I, I don't I can eat taste a, a cheesecake. I don't eat a lot sure. of it, so I don't I don't know the cream cheese flavor profile. Like, yeah, I really enjoy cheesecake, and my favorite is like Japanese, the fluffy cheesecake. Okay, mm. it's like airy and light, and I kind of taste that with this because the coffee and cheesecake are like head butting each okay. other. Okay, interesting. It's, it's creamier than so. I there's expect. not a there's not flavor profiles in this case are not complementing each other they're not different unique the aromas styles are completely contradicting contradicting the taste profile yeah, for interesting. sure like i get definitely more like of the bitter uh, not bitter well a bitter chocolate dark chocolate espresso but then when you taste it you're like the cream cheese is definitely overpowering yeah. it yeah wow okay and i mean I'm listening because I don't know. Like I don't, I can't pick out cream. They, and I, I keep getting like a berry flavor. I don't know if it's because of all the other stuff we've drank tonight, yeah. but I'm like berry something fruity flavor. is in there. But it, I think that's mainly just the sweetness of the higher alcohol content yeah. coming out too. Okay, I, I'm getting the same effect. The uh, I think the coffee and the cream cheese are you know combating each kind other. Button heads. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a bad beer, but it's one that for me. The nose doesn't match the actual taste, and uh, does it smell? Does it? When you say the nose doesn't come, it doesn't complement the taste. Yeah. How does it smell different than it tastes? I definitely I'm, get more like of uh, the coffee mm-hmm. on the nose. Yeah, on the nose, coffee okay. and uh, the chocolate profiles. Like you can kind of yeah. smell that bitterness a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Get in there. Yeah, I'm putting my nose back into my <laughs> maybe, elbow. Maybe like a lot. Maybe a lot. But it. But like. Seems to work. When I smell it, I mean, yeah. a little bit of that sweetness pops out. There's coffee on the nose. Yeah, definitely coffee on the nose. A little bit of the sweetness pops out. But I feel like when you drink it, it kind of like does a complete like 180 on your palate, where you're like really getting that sweetness overload a little yeah. bit, versus where you think you might get a little bit more of that mild roastiness that mm-hmm. you get on the aroma. Okay. And then like when you drink it, you're like. That's not what I was expecting. No, no, yeah. It, it seems it, it's kind of lighter for a milk stout for me too. For it is, reason. yeah. That, it's yeah. true. That is true. It is a little bit more on the lighter side. So I get the sweetness up front, the bitter after, and I it, it's awfully light compared to what I expected for a milk stout. It's huh. milk it definitely stout. has a bit bitter. Well, they so it's too. it's classified as a pastry. Oh yeah, a brownie milk stout. Untapped calls it a pastry stout, but. Panther Greek has it listed as a milk stout. I was stout, wondering so we're gonna if, go if with... we were going to go towards pastry stout. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually have never really had a pastry stout, so this is uh, unique. Could for be sure. that then. It could be like that difference that you're mm-hmm. not you typically yes. don't experience yes. a milk stout. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't had terribly too many pastry stouts myself. Uh, I don't know the difference. Because if other you're doing like traditional milk stout, like um, Young's Double Chocolate or oh, like Duck yeah. Rabbit. Or anything like that, you're definitely getting more of that dark chocolate, yeah. a little bit of the espresso, yeah. but like still kind of like a little bit. Well, the Yon Stubble chocolate does have a little bit more sweetness, but you get kind of like that drying effect mm-hmm. from the bitterness. Mm-hmm. This one for sure, like Doesn't that have sweetness that. definitely is really predominant in the in the palate. Young's, oh, that one has a little quick story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a friend that I grew up with that was a neighbor's. I guess granddaughter. She would come to visit Tennessee from Florida every like couple years or so while we both grew up. We're around the same age. And uh, once we hit 21, 
she visited uh, like 21, 22 or whatever. We finally got to go be like, hey, let's hang out in Nashville for a while. That we've never been able to do any hangouts outside of that house next door, <laughs> you know. So we go out and uh, we go to actually the Flying Saucer. Because at the time, it is the only place with the most taps that you can get what you want from. And <laughs> she gets Young's Double Stout, Chocolate Stout. And uh, that's one of her favorite things. It's like, oh, cool. I'll have to get one and try it because I hadn't had it. We both uh, are almost done with that. And I get a call on my phone. And it's the emergency line for my night on for taking care of dogs. You were on call, you were on call that night, right? I was. For oh, emergencies. No. Mitch is drinking and got an on-call emergency visit for his vet. Yeah, and uh, shame on me. Thankfully, it was only the first beer, so it's yeah. not a, that big a deal. But I am 20 minutes out from where I should be. Right. Typically, I'm five minutes out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Coming in. <laughs> so we had to close out tabs immediately and... Uh, I felt so bad for her. It was a bad experience because uh, I, I've always been like broad-shouldered, stocky. Mm. But uh, I uh, the rush leaving from the flying saucer to outside, she accidentally had to expel some stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. Wait, While you're just, driving... wait just off of Yun's double chocolate? It was just so heavy, I guess. Oh, I gotcha. I don't, we don't, we don't know each other that well. We're mm -hmm. ju we've just been friends whenever she come into town for like, holidays. I don't, I, don't but... I don't remember Yun's being like no. high grab or anything like no, that. No, but it was, I guess it was heavy enough. Yeah, or, no, and I mean, it happens sometimes when you for sure when you're rush shaking out, around. Yeah. yeah. Man, I was about to like make a recommendation, like, oh, if you ever have Yuns again, like pair it with the um, Lindemann's Lambic. Ooh, I haven't like done a, that. For a, like a raspberry effect. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. That'd be real cool. That would have helped her out that night, I think. <laughs> Where were you like 10 years ago? Oh goodness! This would have been this would have been helpful for Mitch information. Actually, no. I was I was at Flying Saucer. I was uh, so whenever I went to school, I grew up in South Carolina. I went to school at the University of South Carolina. <laughs> We used to be good in football. <laughs> R.I.P. We at least beat Clemson whenever I was there. I hope everybody knows that. Um, but uh, I was bartending at the Flying Saucer and, you know, just making my way through college. and But still gaining, like, beer knowledge and actually, like, converting a lot of my college friends who were like, oh, yeah, we'll just go down. Because, like, we had a five points there, too. But it's nothing like the five points you get here in Nashville. Yeah, five right. points here in Nashville is a lot more reserved <laughs> you don't want to you yeah. don't want to know what happens in the five points in columbia south wow. carolina um but you know you get dollar natties and of course college kids are like woo, you know so i i actually even for i kind of was already a craft beer drinker before i was legal to really be drinking because <laughs> <Hell craft yeah. laughs> yeah. i did start i mean like south carolina does have different like uh limits to the law and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff there like you can you uh you obviously can't be the bartender but you can right. still serve it right 18 underage. to serve yeah. but 21 to, to pour right yeah. yes but i remember like one time the the day i turned 21 i went into a liquor store and the buyer was a regular a fine saucer uh -huh. and i ordered a actually got a caldera ipa as my first legal drink Nice. But I, whenever I was buying it and presenting my ID, because I actually had a college exam the next day, I couldn't really party on my 21st birthday. Mm. And uh, he was like, wait a second, you're just now 21. I was like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've seen you. I was like, no, 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 you didn't. 
<laughs> you have not seen me until today. Until today. You have not seen me with a drink in my hand until today. Um, but it was kind of, it was, it is kind of interesting that I consider myself like since 20, a craft beer drinker. Side yeah. note on Caldera. I love their can art. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, it's like funky. It's super bright. Everything that Caldera makes is just like, it's, totally like 70s vibe yeah. like mm-hmm. everything is super psychedelic and and all that kind of stuff when you said caldera ipa i was like where have i heard that before i had to look it up yeah. and then i was like yes that's I've, I've had that one before and a lot of their beers are very similar the mm-hmm. kind of funky psychedelic very bright highlighter type colors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so, so i recognize uh, that. the distributor that um i work with here in nashville also the cat works with this bounty mm-hmm. beverage yeah uh, you know, smaller compared to the other ones, but like mm-hmm. really heavily focused on craft, craft beer, beer has more of the really great craft mm. beer brands um, in the national market. Sure. They carry Caldera and they actually literally last week I go, I haven't had a Caldera in a very yeah. long time. Let's from, let's go back to my 21st birthday <laughs> 10 years later, like 10 years later, uh, but <laughs> you're still the youngest person here. I Don't know. worry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, you know what? Come to think of it. Oh. When was the last time I had a... <laughs> it's been six years since I've had a Caldera beer before. I had to look on my untapped profile to see when was the last time That's I had That's wild. It. I haven't had a Caldera, but well, an IPA, but I mean, that was probably the one I drank the most out of all of them. And it's been six years, and I don't know why I haven't had one since then. Like, I thought they That's were... That's kind of what I thought, thought the other day, the time, whenever like, like, I was kind of like, you know, uh, Bounty does this really cool thing on Fridays mm. with all their employees. They call it Fuck Yeah Fridays. Hell yeah. And like, Fuck Yeah, fuck yeah Fridays. <laughs> I keep telling them, please, please, if you listen to this, make a shirt called Fuck Yeah Friday Bounty Bev. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was like, man. I'll buy it in a heartbeat. Yeah. But um, some most amazing people I ever work with, too. Like, such, you know to like true homage to like craft mm. beer and everything and like all the employees are amazing but on fridays we usually go up there after we've all had like our end of week meetings all that kind of stuff people just hang out in the warehouse and like they'll just grab a few samples and they're all gathering around and actually just talking about like what they're drinking like mm. it's really you need to watch them actually like kind of talk in depth a little bit more about beer and you get so many different people too as i'm sure you do with like where they stand on like Pilsners, IPAs. Yeah. Like I remember one time I was up there and they were debating uh Ryan Geist's Truth versus oh. Ananda. Oh nice. And of course like Truth Ooh, I will say I mean Cat versus Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean don't get me wrong, like it, I understand that Truth won that one, but of course people were like, but 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 Ananda's mm-hmm. still there. It's like there was it was a hard tie. Yeah. It's one love, but at the same time, yeah, like was, there's still was, internal yes, competition, yes, there, yes, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Um but um, you know, I, it was kind of like I was up there last Friday and I was like, you know what? I hadn't seen some of the reps in a little bit. I'm going to hang out and have, have mm. a beer with them. Went in the cooler and I was like, Caldera. God, oh my it's God, it's been 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get one of those. Yeah. yeah. So it just tastes like it did when I turned 21. <laughs> yeah, <nice. laughs> Consistent. Yeah. Consistent. <laughs> I don't remember what Caldera IPA tastes like. I can't remember if it's I've had. More, it. I, re- I remember more, liking it, yeah, but like it, it's it was kinda like, just kind of like traditional. Like yeah, it, but it was before like IPAs really started getting like yes. in that funky phase. Mm. Like you, you know, you kind of have like your OGs, like you know, Bell's Too Hearted kind of like paved yeah. the IPA world. Stone did a great job of paving the like IPA you know game. 
other great ones like that too. It was, it was kind of like one of those, like it was a West Coast IPA, you know, just yeah. nothing too funky, but like you know, more That's a good about IPA. What I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, called there. There wasn't anything. It doesn't sound. I'm not trying to sound bad. I say, but it is like. It's an IPA. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. And that's it. Yeah. Speaking of IPAs. <sighs> yeah. yeah but okay. So you got this one right I'm here. looking at <laughs> This is a treat. This is courtesy of Mitch. I, I am actually very excited when you guys told me that you had this uh, Piney the Elder. Because I was like, yes. it has been a very long time, my old friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this is another one that kind of like gave you your uh, passageway as far as like saying that you're a craft beer drinker. Yes. Definitely. This is so. I'll I'll preface with this one. Uh, thank you, Mitch. Thanks. So um, it was a while back. Um, my younger sister and her husband went up to. There you go, man. Right at the top. Hell yeah. Um, my younger sister and her husband went up north. Uh, I think they visited Chicago, and there's a couple of there's a couple of tap rooms that have um, that have these guys on tap. And Pliny the Elder was one of them that they were able to get a. Um, crowler and bring it back for me so but the interesting thing for me is i've only had this two times in my life one dj who guest hosts mm -hmm. on the show from time to time um i split a bottle with him um probably three or four years ago and the second time and the only other time i've had this was um two weeks after i was officially clear from COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So I caught the dreadful That's right. COVID you got the virus. of it. I did. <laughs> and um, so I was I was bound to the the depths of hell upstairs. It really is. It was such a it's such a nice place, my upstairs, because I can just do whatever I want up there. <laughs> well, I mean, you um, got quarantine, let it be somewhere nice. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. My wife was downstairs with my kid. God rest her. I'm, I'm so grateful for her because she's just, she's a killer mom, number one. Yeah. But number two, she was able to kind of hold down the fort while I was upstairs because you can't do anything, yeah. right? Like when you're recovering from that, the last thing you want to do is bring your asthmatic wife kind of into the fold and your newborn kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I was for, for literally two weeks separated. I could kind of see downstairs and look at them and say hi or whatever, but you can't hold your kid. You can't kiss your mm -hmm. wife or whatever. But I had a can of Pliny the Elder. <laughs> you can and kiss that. I was about to say, if you can't kiss your wife, you can kiss Pliny yeah, the Elder. But I could have some Pliny the Elder. Um, so luckily, I did not lose my taste and I did not lose my smell Good. Um, nice. during that thing. So, um, and it wasn't it wasn't right at the end of, you know, okay, I'm officially ten days out, whatever. But. My younger sister had just gotten back from Chicago and her husband, and she was like, hey, you mentioned this beer called Pliny the Elder by Russian River. Well, we were at this tap room, and they had it, so I picked you up a crowler, and I was like, I know okay, that tap room. you know, this is great. You are now officially my favorite sister. <laughs> <laughs> she that, may or may not be my favorite sister, uh, regardless. Yeah, but <laughs> was it, uh, was it, is it called something rock? I'm trying to remember the name of it because I've been there only once. Falling, falling, rock. falling rock. I think yeah. it was falling was rock. It. Um, have since closed, yeah. unfortunately. So COVID was in peace. unfortunately I they miss you and I love you. Yeah, they went by the wayside. <laughs> they were one of the places that constantly had Pliny the Elder on tap, no mm -hmm. matter where you went. Yeah. Considering Russian River was outside of the bounds of Chicago, they were still able to get it. So got a crawler. Only had it twice in my life. First time was with DJ some mm -hmm. time ago. Couldn't remember it. 
the last time I had it as kind of like a celebration from coming out of COVID mm-hmm. yep. and having it again. Definitely remember it that time. So being able to have it for the third probably time probably definitely had a little bit time. more significance for you. Yeah, after that. a little bit more. <laughs> I went yeah. to Denver, had it a few times. Bottle, draft, draft, <laughs> kind really? of deal. Yeah, yeah. Try to get as much as I could on draft since well, it's, I'm not gonna be able to get it again. Get the yeah. pine straight yes. off the nose for sure. That it is. is the classic West yes. Coast IPA. Yes. Just that is mm-hmm. the definition yeah. of a West Coast IPA. God, I'm looking. I think forward like to a it. lot of places even make you know really use this as a backbone to build oh, yeah. off of it for sure. Absolutely. So this bottle is two weeks and like three or four days old. Uh, so it's fresh. So, I'm so excited. It's fresh for Tennessee, man. <laughs> <laughs> Get into well, it. Cheers. Thank you guys for sharing with me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming over. Hmm. Oh my God! Yep, yep. It's still just so. <laughs> yep. Wonderful. Just so amazing. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing, and the thing about Pliny, and of course they make a Pliny the Younger, kind of like their more mm-hmm. double IPA version of it or whatever. But the thing about Pliny the Elder is, there's nothing fancy about Pliny the Elder. Mm-hmm. It's just the definition of a West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. They don't haze it and oak it oak it mm-hmm. you know they don't put oats in it they don't hop it up to extremes and they don't make the alcohol you know volume a huge is that level. why they call it appreciating your elders <laughs> she's mm. thinking too deep for me right now i mean i'm sorry it's a i can't think deep at this point. she's yeah. doing better than i am <laughs> way better than you i want to be a host of the foamy head <laughs> i'm going home like it seems I'm scared a new job. <laughs> Trust me, this one don't pay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but this is good. I've, I've missed Pliny the Elder. No, it's but I think so it, I think that's exactly cool what you said. Like you know, this is straight to like a traditional. This is what a West Coast should be. Kind of like what what we've been saying with just in general. To even kind of bring it back to Weizsäcker a little bit, or and just in general, like people want. And I think the need is there a little bit more for things that like are the OGs, are yeah. what got the are that got that style, you know, off its feet. The the building block for it to get changed and you know people to build off of that and kind of like go crazy. But like you come back and you like drink this and you're like, you got to appreciate the roots yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why, like, I find myself, and I think more people are too, especially, like, with the Pilsner craze coming back, people are just wanting to go back to, like, what the style is meant to be, mm-hmm. which is what I, I mean. Don't get me wrong. There's still people out there who are, like, really loving the, the twists and turns of where the beer industry is going. But, like, yeah. I find in my beer drinking journey, and it could be because I've been doing it since I was 20 years old. Uh, but um, So not too long ago. Not too, you're no, yeah. like just a few years ago. Just a few years. Just a few years ago. Exactly. Um, yeah. But like I'm kind of really leaning back towards like this mm. where it's like you can't beat this. Mm. Like nothing beats this. Right. Like, of course, like you you want to know what the, the more unique style is. But like when you come back and you drink Pliny the Elder, you're like, how does it get better than this? Yeah, it's that's a hard, a hard way. Uh, like, how do you beat it? Like, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. But like, and but like, if you think about it too, with its you know being the really like you know catalyst for the West Coast style, you mm-hmm. know the big bold West Coast style. But it's like a lot, and that's how like you know all the breweries are building off each other still today and trying to stay competitive. But like, they can pinpoint that one beer. It's like 
that brewer had it. How can I make a twist on it? Right. And build off of that. But it's like you you still pay pay homage or homage to the thing that got you hooked onto it. Like Bell's Too Hard, it's always going to have a special place in my heart because it's what got me into IPAs. Right. So I think it was actually a lot of people's gateway IPA. I think so. I I think so too. (laughs) It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, And you look at article and we joke on this a lot Mm -hmm. of the time, but like every year there seems to be an article where it's like best IPAs and, you know, and Bell's Too Hard at Ale always tops the list and you can make the argument whether or not like what's considered the best you know well, like north coast scrimshaw it gets really really well recognized as a pilsner Mm -hmm. like it's like one of the staples for the pilsner uh north coast i think i've had some stuff from them before yeah north coast does do uh rasputin Mm -hmm. that's where it was okay i'm sure i've had more from (laughs) them but like old rasputin is is definitely what i've had But like scrimshaw is like one of the you know OGs in the Pilsner game mm-hmm. if you think back into the history of like craft beer. Right. So I like that. I like that kind of bring us around. Yes. To kind of yeah. And so, yeah. And we mentioned this at the very, very beginning of there's all these in the craft beer industry. It's constantly just mm-hmm. expanding faster than we can. You know, you always talk about on the search in the search for the perfect beer, like you could have 10, 15, 20 beers a week if you were, if you were my size, but if you were just a, <laughs> a, a beer drinker in general and not scratch the surface of what's out there. Mm. And, and it's because everybody's like, we have this hazy, we have this West coast, we have mm. this sour black IPA, you know, they're trying to find, and it's almost gotten to the point where it's so crowded. People are trying to create their own styles by, mm-hmm. you know, cuving multiple beers together. You said something about like a sour stout. It exists. No, no thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm going to be the first person to say no thank you. Yeah. I agree with you for one, but it exists. And you they're trying. A sour or a stout. Like, yeah. No thank but you. But don't yeah. put Sometimes things are good by themselves, but when you mix it, for me, I love bacon and I love chocolate, but putting them together in a cookie, I'm sure it's an unpopular opinion, doesn't like, seem to work. What about maple bacon donut? That'd be, that'd, that could maybe pass. You're not allowed to punch holes in my opinion, in, <laughs> in my theory. That's not how this works. So I guess I'm not going to get an invite back. <laughs> you will definitely get an invite back. <laughs> But there's so much going on that sometimes you have to appreciate. Again, we said this mm-hmm. at the beginning, the just original style of that beer. Mm. I feel like that's like why I'm so fortunate to have discovered and to be a part of like even like Flying Saucer. Flying Saucer really what made it so successful was capitalizing on those OG brands, on getting us to try you know, the brands that, you know, Europe has been coming out with for generations, but like really making it well known here in America, really training its staff to help educate people on that. Like, I, I really do give a lot of credit to them for why I'm such a great craft beer person today, because mm. like, you know, since 2011 to now, craft beer was not like that. You didn't find like local spots popping up no, left and right. You had like maybe a few of the big brand people like Stone uh, like Sierra, all that kind of stuff. Really, right. Sam Adams helping make the paveway, and still, you know, of course, being like the the people we look up to as far as like you know, if you want to start your craft beer brand. But 
you know, we really actually kind of have to throw it back to Europe <clears throat> because they were kind of starting it. And I know this not only before my beer education that I already had, but like mm. I had the privilege as a flight attendant to be able to go to those places. Like, let wow. me tell you how amazing Germany was for so me. Wow. I was like, why do I only have 24 hours here? <laughs> you know, oh, like, damn. but it was, I, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to, to see how gra- craft beer really has, uh, change and like keeps changing for for good some for a little weird like i said sour stouts yeah. no thank you <laughs> but it's it's cool because like you see where it started and where it's at now but then like you you also get much of appreciation for like what got it started yeah i i still want to take that journey myself one day over there it Oh. oh, it's great. It's it's magical. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's like usually given to you in a liter. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. But you're also like, if you're a flight to you, you're like, I gotta work the flight back tomorrow. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> so I will say it was a little hungover. So <laughs> worth it. But it was so yeah. worth it. But like it was cool because like even when like I, I did that for about three years and that was kind of like why I'm happy to be back officially in the beer industry is but like always found myself like if it was domestic, I was trying to find like the great, like a good local brewery nearby. Mm. You know, I got to try all this stuff in like different countries. I've been oh, as so far, awesome. you know, uh, you know, I've been all most over Europe. I've been as far as um, South Korea. Mm. And even then, like you find some really wonderful like sake beer and all yes. that kind of stuff. Like it's really cool. Like now I do you've miss got that Mitch's part. attention with yeah. sake well, beer. I mean, yeah. Byron, <laughs> prior to, but yeah. like well, Byron know. from Proper Sake did do a little bit of that in 2020. Um, yeah. It, and Nashville and even, of all places. I'm even and then like Canada's actually got a lot of great local. If you've ever if you ever get a chance to go mm. like Edmonton or Calgary, like they are okay. they have a like a really great little craft beer scene where you can like hop around to different nice. local breweries and stuff there, like within walking distance. Huh. So you beer got trip. learned. Yeah. <laughs> beer trip for sure. <laughs> yeah. We've drank a lot today. <laughs> it was a good night. Yeah, it was a very good night. Um this is this is your thirty seconds to plug, Michelle. <laughs> oh gosh, is there some is there something you wanted to? I mean, we've we've already learned a lot from her tonight. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe she has something. You know, is there is there something coming out in the future with Wiseacre? I mean, we've got Bo Echo that's kind of mm-hmm. already that's already been released. I yeah. feel like it's already yeah, out it's, to the public. It, it okay. Is. I mean, like it's going to definitely be um, in a larger format here soon. Yeah. But we are adding to the year round portfolio in 15 pack cans mm. or 15 packs, uh, a Rusu or a rice lager. Nice. Which nice. was phenomenal. Okay. And it's I've on a little bit uh, on the lower cow. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, I know that's another like phase or trend mm-hmm. that is happening with the craft beer industry. It's like, we're looking at like locale IPAs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we're never going to make a locale IPA. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> but Arusu um, was our first release during COVID last year. It was a rice lager. Okay. It was mm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, it clots in around 110 calories. Okay. It's going to be in a 15 pack here soon. Like we rebranded it, all that kind of stuff. And we're really excited to bring that into the market. Oh man, that's going to be so cool. Just, you know, we're a lager brewery. So anything that is a lager from us, please expect it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah. I need to try that rice lager for sure. Oh, yeah. it's uh, it's going to be coming out probably within the next couple of weeks. Heck so. yes. All right. That's awesome. I'll keep my eyes out for it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I appreciate it. And 
great beers tonight, Michelle. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Well, thank you guys so much for reaching out to me. Um, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. I hope that maybe we can do something again in the future for sure. I think there's I think there's plans to do a, a bomber share for sure. Yeah. Um, I, do, I highly recommend the October. Cat may or may not have also mentioned that oh. when she was tired. <laughs> so it is really. I mean, like I said, she, well, her and I are very close. Like her. Your, your brainwaves today. Yes. I think everybody <laughs> after after the year we've had, everybody is just kind of looking to connect. Yeah. Yes. You and know, you can definitely tell that with the uh, beer reps around Nashville for sure. Like we are, we didn't get to see each other for over a year and a half, mm. and now we're just like, where have you been? Let's hug. <laughs> you know, we're you know we're doing events together and all that good stuff. Like it's yeah. beer is always the motto of Wiseacre. Beer is fun. Beer is always supposed to be fun. Yeah. Beer is community. And I like that the Nashville market really takes and hones in on that. Definitely. So that's a good message. I can't add anything more to that. Beer is fun. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do one little shout out for the Pliny. Uh, yeah. I won't mention your last name, Josh, but thanks for trading me this beer. Yeah. <laughs> Big ups to Josh. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. We had, we had great wiseacres. We had, beer shares tonight from different breweries it was fun um i don't have anything to shout out honestly other than um you've just been a big team player we appreciate you coming out tonight driving (laughs) all the way out here um it was a good time um if you're not drinking beer start drinking beer if you are drinking beer keep drinking beer (laughs) and if you've never had craft beer before then wiseacre is, is a really good place to start because it seems like just by tonight they have something for everybody Mm -hmm. Um, whether you are just getting into the game or you are advanced beer drinkers like ourselves, they have something for everybody. And as Michelle said, beer is supposed to be fun. Beer is supposed to be for everybody. And Wiseacre just kind of encompasses that as a whole. So we can't thank you enough. Thank you for coming out and joining us thank tonight. Thank you guys again for having me. Mitch, we had some good beers. Definitely. It was a good time. And we'll see everybody on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.